everybody, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Mark. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show is heard worldwide Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. But this is an FNX.network plug, which means we're heard from Mobile, Alabama to Melbourne, Australia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Check us out on FNX.network. What do you say, Laura? From the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. You're lying, Bob. I never said I don't want to do this interview. Those words yes, never came yeah. out of my mouth. You Trust are me, the, yeah. the biggest line sack of crap ever. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Yes, Laura almost got lost in her home state of West Virginia, but she's with us tonight. How are you, Laura? And the lovely Laura. Foot is about to find your ass as a home state if you keep that shit up. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. My name is the Bunkhouse Bob. And I'm the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century. A little mood music. Mood music. To help set the tone, folks, this is episode 300 of the program. And it will be our final episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Our guest tonight, coming up here in just a few minutes, just a few minutes, will be Mr. Number One, George South. To help us say goodbye and farewell to you all. And we'll get into all that in just a little bit. Folks, again, we thank you so much for the last six years. Whether you've listened for six years straight or you've listened to six minutes of this program, we thank you. Make sure you can go and check us out whenever you like at FNX.network, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Make sure you just uh, don't forget about us. Keep checking us out. We'll uh, leave those links open. We would encourage you to go and check out great companies like www.topropebelts.com, www.turnbucklecupcakes.storeenvy.com. Make sure that you go over and check out uh, Positive Pins on Facebook. Love this song. Absolutely love this song. I want to go and uh, bring on the co-host of this program, the one, the only co-host, the lovely Laura. How are you, Laura? Just playing a little journey music to help set the uh, set the tone. Pretty cool. Can't, cannot go wrong. Uh, 
he probably best voices in rock. Yeah. A little hard to uh, to talk at the same time that music's playing. I don't know how DJs do that. I don't know how they do that. Practice. Yeah, practice, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, at any rate, folks, we thank you very much for tuning in to this episode. As I said at the top of the program, because, I, like I said, I'm having a hard time understanding myself talk over top of that music. Uh, our 300th and final episode with George South tonight. How are you, Laura? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired. I'm weary. Um, I'm tired of people talking about Bill Goldberg. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, to take a bow. Yeah. Take a powder. Yeah. You could take, you could take a jackhammer from Bill Goldberg too. You keep besmirching no, his no. good name. I'm not besmirching his good name. I'm just tired of people uh, running his name in the ground. I, I'm just tired of it. I'm just like, God almighty, I'll find something else to complain about. Uh, I saw where the Walmart guys got booked. You want to complain about that? Well, you know, everybody's got to get booked. and um... <laughs> Everybody's got um, a spot. I mean, Superhuman I mean, got a spot. Now the Walmart guys are getting, getting, getting a booking out of this whole thing. Where, where were these bookings at when I was putting my arm and thumbtacks for this show? Where was the bookings at then? I was doing that stuff before they were doing it. Yeah, I didn't get anything were, out of it. I, I, I'm I bitter. guess they were better people than you did. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um. <laughs> At any rate, uh, why don't you go on and go over the social media and let's hit this Twitter poll and then we're going to talk about a couple things before George gets on. Yeah, I, I, there's two things I want to talk about real quick, too. But um, we got our Twitter poll uh, here and it's uh, at, it's our last Twitter poll. I just want to let you know. Um, it is, did you learn about a new wrestler or promotion listening to our show? And I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Can kiss my butt. Uh, you had to have learned something about a new wrestler or promotion listening to the show because you don't know everything, like Bob does. Um, yes, eighty-nine <laughs> percent and no, eleven percent. As I said, kiss <clears throat> my butt. As a matter of fact, there's two hours and forty-four minutes left of, for this podcast for this uh, Twitter poll. So, you know, I guess maybe <laughs> it's still going on. Well, maybe maybe there'll be some last last minute entries in it. Yeah, I, mean, I heard something know, new. Yeah. I mean, God almighty Jesus. Um, I love it. And uh social media, uh you can uh, follow along tonight uh with uh George um <laughs> uh, George, uh, the bucks of youth holes, uh at from the armory. Uh, you can, yeah. and you know, after this show goes off the air, if you still want to follow our lives, which you know we will have lives <clears throat> after this show, you can follow along with me at Circle Sky. 
with Bob at Bob underscore Delf, with George at Heel Heat, and with our good friend Dr. Gooseltron at the Gray Lobster. Um, We'll still have Facebook up, uh, our official page and our fan page. I see no reason why we should shut them down. Um, Also, our uh, uh, YouTube page, every show for the last Three, four years uh, is on there, so you can still go back and listen. Um, we've had a pretty impressive guest list. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of the people we've had on this show and where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly proud. And also incredibly proud that we could, you know, give people a voice who didn't have one before our our platform before they got on our show. And I'm going to toot my horn, toot, toot, as Arn Anderson would do. Um, I think that you and I may have started a trend of indie podcasts because there were not a lot of indie podcasts when we first started this. There might have been, I don't know, three, four that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um when, when you and I started, and now you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an indie wrestling podcast. So yeah. um, I, I think we've done something that I that all wrestlers say is what they you know aim to do is leave the business better than they found it, and I think you and I have left podcasting better than we found it. I would agree with that. You know, um, on the Twitter poll, you know, I find it incredible that, you know, there were no's because having done this for the last six years, I was introduced to people that I had never heard of. So if I'm the freaking co-host of the program and have never heard of these people and I'm being introduced to them, by God, you were being introduced to them too. The other thing is, you know, when you were talking about other podcasts that, Noticed a trend starting a couple years ago. A lot of the promotions themselves are locking in people. One of the first ones to do it that I can just name off the top of my head was CZW. CZW started their own podcast to talk to their own roster members. Uh, AEW has one now. NWA has one. And then a lot of things. Here's here's the other thing that, and this is the reality of it. There are a lot of uh, individuals in the business that have. created their own Patreon page. And as part of that paid content, you know, put up, you know, podcasts or audio clips or video clips as a part of a paid subscription service to help generate revenue. So they're not as willing to come on to shows like ours and others for free anymore when they can charge fans. And I get it. And I, it, it, it's all good. Uh, they can charge fans for, you know, a, a five minute video or whatever it is that they want to put up on a weekly basis. So yeah, the landscape in a nutshell, the landscape of podcasting has certainly changed since when you and I first started doing it. Um, What, uh, what what do you got? You you were biting at the bit. What do you, what you got going on? I I just had thought about our experience here and I just want to share two of my favorite happenings on this show. One of which takes place, um, after I had surgery, yeah, I, and I mean, like right after I had surgery, I called in. Oh, when you called I in, had, you were under under the influence of uh, prescription narcotics. Yeah. 
I was. I certainly was. <laughs> and I have, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I've never listened to that since, uh, but I I don't know why. Uh, I, what possessed me to call the show, you know, and being higher than, you know, a kite. Uh, but uh, that was one of my I don't either. I, I remember that episode. I'm like, wait a second. This is Laura's numbers. Why is Laura calling in? She should be in bed asleep. And I get on the line. I'm like, Laura, you're like, hey, Bob. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And and the other moment is when we had Big Donnie on one time, and he was talking about how much he loved the revolt. And your reaction to that, I laughed until I couldn't breathe. And you blamed me. You said I set that up, and I had no, I did not set that up at all. Did that all on his own, saying he liked the revolt. And you're like, what are you talking about, Donnie? You can't be. And I'm just dying laughing because it's mm. just like you know he, that's you know, two of his good friends Zane and Caleb is just you know the reaction that was totally organic people that was I did not tell Donnie to say anything about the revolt at all but oh I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the the funniest moment probably the funniest moment I can think of has to do when the $5 guys were on and Jeff Hart said that he wanted to wrestle everybody and like, but didn't want to wrestle for the championship. He wanted, he wanted to fight everybody in the entire state of Alabama, but didn't want to wrestle for the belt. And Donnie told him to shut up or something, or he was going to beat him up. And Jeff, Jeff started back, backpedaling. Oh, okay. 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 That, of course, me telling it now doesn't do it any justice at all. If you've ever listened to the show and know Jeff the Hitman Hart, yeah, he was ready to take on the entire state of Alabama, but didn't want to fight for the title. That was no. uh, you didn't that fight was for stuff. any title. No, any title. It didn't matter. He just, I just, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who would who would have ever have known? Um, there there are a lot of things that are going on, and we didn't put anything down because we we won't be able to follow up on them. But I I, I did see a couple of things um, that you can check out. Obviously, uh, I saw the trailer for it last night. The second season of the Dark Side of the Ring series is coming out at the end of this month wow. on Vice. And I'm pretty sure if I, the way that I read it, if I understood it correctly, the very first episode, they're going to tackle the Chris Benoit tragedy, which I'm very, very interested in. Yeah, exactly. They're going to tackle that, the Jimmy Snuka story, the death of Owen Hart. Uh, There's a couple of others in there. And I mean, this one looks, this season, it's anything like last season. Last season was great. Some really good stuff in there, but. Uh, this season, I think was going to be really, really good, but I don't want to uh, don't want to get going on too long of a tangent because uh, I see our guest is on the line, and I want to get this guy on because number one, he is a great friend of both Laura and I. Uh, he has supported this show since its inception. 
He has been a guest on this show for uh, a couple of two or three times, and uh, mm-hmm. we have always had a always had a great time talking to him. His his legacy in pro wrestling, which we'll get to, uh, is cemented firmly in history. A career spanning over forty years in professional wrestling, and he has been in the mm-hmm. ring with some of the greatest names that that this sport has to offer. He is also credited with something uh, credited with training some of the best and the brightest in this industry today. And it gives me great, great pleasure and a great honor to welcome to this program. Welcome back to this program, our good friend, Mr. Number One, George South. George, are you there, sir? Buddy, I sure am, Bob. Laura, thank y'all so much. I I, I haven't been nervous uh, all day, but I'm a little nervous now. We got to close <laughs> this thing out together, Laura. So we're gonna we're gonna see how we do here. Thank y'all so much, Bob. I, I I just man, this is like family again for me, and and I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, George. Th- thank you, thank you so much, Laura. Do you wanna wanna say hello to George? I know you're just bursting. Hey, George. Hey, sweetheart. I, Bob, I told her earlier today that maybe I'll let you and her talk this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time y'all introduced me, and then I talked for three hours. So I'm, I'm going to try to let y'all talk tonight. So uh, we've been hey, we've been talking for six years, George. We've been talking for six years. So these uh, listeners are going to I tell you, time flies, don't it? I, I, it, it? I mean, it, it just seems it like it was yesterday when when y'all started. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, been an incredible run, a great ride, and uh, and part of that ride obviously involves you because on your your appearances on this show, we've learned so much. So first and foremost, uh, from Laura and I, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting us in to your world and to your life from the thank bottom you. of our hearts. Thank thank you so much. That means so much to us. Well, you know, uh, Bob, Laura, uh, an old preacher years ago told me something that I – and never forgot. He said, "You know, you can't, you can't really invite nobody to church if you don't want to go eat supper with them." And you hmm. know, it took me a long time to say, "What did he mean by that?" But I then that light bulb went off, and I thought, "Oh, I see now." So if I don't even want to go eat supper with you, I sure ain't going to invite you to church. So <laughs> what I mean by that is, I would go eat supper with y'all anytime. And so. Thank you. That made it easier for us to do radio and for to welcome uh, both of you, you know, into the wrestling world. Because, you know, it. I've done many, many interviews where two minutes into it, I knew that I probably shouldn't be on this phone. And <laughs> whereas the host would either want to make fun of wrestling, uh, especially early on, or they wanted to talk about, uh, well, how come you never won a match? You know, uh-huh. or something really goofy that would just turn me off right then. And of course, I would do the interview, but I think, I, I think I'll get rid of that phone number right there. You know, I don't think I'll call <laughs> them back. But, but y'all always, it, it's all, it reminds me of a wrestling match, Bob. And I know you'd understand this too, Laura. Is when I'm training like referees, the first thing I try to teach them is they're not the show. In other right. words, they're a referee. You know, and if. And, and both of you know we've been to a lot of matches where the referee thinks they're the star of the match, mm-hmm. you know, instead mm-hmm. of the two guys in there. And what y'all do, similar to that, is y'all always just kind of step back and let, no matter who you were interviewing, you you, you, you never forgot that, okay, that, you know, 
not, I don't even want to say star because I don't see myself as a star, but y'all always uh, just let let them do their thing, if that makes sense. Uh, right. Laura, mm-hmm. And, and I, that's just what I love about both of you so much. And and But I ain't got many referees that learned that yet, so I'm still trying to teach them. <laughs> 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 well, you know, most of the time they think you know they think we're in there for them instead of uh, uh, you know Tommy Young told me one time Laura, he, uh, Tommy Young told me one time when we was working for Crockett he said you know if the fans are watching me well, we're in trouble to begin with and that right. makes so much sense you know you got two major stars in there or even a tag team and if you're keeping your eyes on the referee the whole time um, you know you're you're missing it you know. You're missing it, so. But thank hmm. you. Yeah, thank you both. Y'all just, I'll tell you, I'm just always so glad to see you at the conventions and Russell Cade and everything, and it's just so, I mean, I'm just so happy to be on here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, George. You know, uh, recently I watched an interview with Al Snow, you're familiar with Al, who said yes. the most, he said the most unbelievable move in wrestling would be a punch, especially when it's used repeatedly. And that got me thinking back to WrestleCade this past year when we were watching a match, and it doesn't matter who was in the match, uh, they were using a repeating forearm over and over and over, and we see this a lot. And we had a conversation. We had a conversation about it at WrestleCade. And I wonder if you could elaborate on that about how much sense it doesn't make. And did you really tell Arn Anderson that Laura and I we're the only two in the crowd that night that understood what was going on. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, Laura, the the only thing, the only difference between what we're, me and you're getting ready to talk about and what boxing is is just the boxing gloves. In other words, right. You go out, you go to a boxing match. You got two guys standing there toe to toe. Okay, that's a boxing match. Well, in our sport, the object. What, you know, I make a joke about it because you hit, I think I told y'all that night, Bob, you hit me with one of them forearms one time, and I'm still going to be laying there. Okay? Right. We'll be doing this yeah. broadcast from that ring because <laughs> I'll still be knocked out. Right. They're going to bring the copper wire. They're going to they're gonna cut a hole in the roof. They're going to bring the stretcher in through the top, and they're going to haul me off to the hospital. Because right. here's what's missing, Bob. I get all excited. What's missing is – it ain't just you punching me. The art form of our business takes both of us. I teach that in my school. Nobody's ever made any money in wrestling by their self. You've right. got to have somebody with you. So uh, if I am hitting you 15 times, Bob, I'm doing all the work. And that right. don't seem right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so right. what, the way I was taught, and the only way that works is we both got to do our part here. So, yes, mm-hmm. I may throw the punch, but... If I've got to make the people believe it, then I'm doing all the work. And that ain't right. fair because you're getting paid too, Laura. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Makes um, sense. Perfect sense. That's why I, hit, I punched Ricky Morton one time, and then, you know, he's over there selling so good, I start apologizing to him, Laura. <laughs> I mean, I think I, re- I think I really hit him, you know? <laughs> and he'll say, get away from me. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, he's making it look so believable, which is the art form of our business. And, and, you know, I tell my students, if, if I won't hit the face, if I'm going to get hit in the face 15 times, I'll just go down to the local saloon and insult the bar owner's wife, and he'll hit me 15 times. <laughs> right. You know, they ain't no art no form to that. No. Uh, but I just, you know, I sit with Terry Funk one time, and we were just 
happened to watch one of those matches, Bob, where the guys, you know, was hitting each other like a hundred times, and and Terry Funk, you know, he just stood up and said, "Somebody's got to fall down," <laughs> you mm. know, and that just right, kind right. of summed up, you know, right. as, as simple as that was. That was like the greatest seminar in the world. I mean, somebody has the object the of our business is not to prove how tough you are. It really ain't. And you know what? And Laura, I think I told y'all this last time, Bob. The reason I got hooked in wrestling from the beginning, is I thought Paul Jones and Wahoo needed me. Right. I mean, I'm sitting there on the floor, you know, eating Cheerios out of the box, right. and I'm seeing them fight the Anderson brothers. Man, I better I better go cut grass and get me some money to buy a ticket because Paul and Wahoo, they need me to be there. Right. Now, this was the Absolutely. mindset of this young man, of me. And, 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 and it's still, that's how I am to this day. And uh, But what's happened over time, and it's wrong, is the fans have pretty much quit coming because they don't think nobody needs them no more, Laura. Mm. I mean, you got, right. you know, the, the Bay faces are not, you know, they don't show pain no more. They just, they're, they're all Terminators now. <laughs> and and, 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 and so George people say, well, that, there's no reason no more. When's the last time, Bob, either one of you, because I don't know, that you've seen a baby face in a match reach out to the fans for help? Now, I haven't mm. seen it and, oh, wow. you know, since, Steamboat, since Steamboat done it in, you know, 1980. But right. it's just that connection that I, I don't I don't know. I, I just, I, I know I don't see it, and I really try to teach it, is, is the whole object, you hit me one time, and then what am I going to do with it? Uh, Bob, it's like I'm a quarterback and you're the receiver. Once that ball leaves my hand and you catch it, you got to do something with it. Okay, right, right. it ain't my yeah. job to run out there and catch that ball, too, Laura. Does that make sense? And right. uh, makes so if I throw a punch, okay, it's your job to make it believable. It's your job to make them. It ain't my job to knock your teeth out, you know, or to break your nose. The other mm-hmm. night a guy came back, his nose was all crooked, and he come back bloody. You know, a guy broke his nose, and he said, man, it's good for the business. I said, no, you big dummy, it's good for the doctor business. It ain't good for the wrestling business. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And, uh, so that's what's so funny. And then, you know, people say, well, that just means you're not tough. But here's the funny thing, Barb. You know what's funny, Bob, when we go to shows now? Barbarian, mean, guys like that are the toughest men in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. if, I, if I was in a bar fight, I man, you could take on a country with them. But do you realize, see, they don't want to get hurt, if that makes sense, Laura. they got a job to do and a family right. to feed. And, and you know what's funny? It shows, Bob, they asked for me. I kind of, we kind of laugh because there will be 400 guys in the dressing room and, you know, here's Barbarian, you know, the toughest guy in the world, and he'll say, I'm, I hope I'm working with you tonight. Mm-hmm. And, so what a great compliment for me. It ain't that, neither, you know, Barbarian can, like, eat rocks and it not bother him. I mean, he's like the toughest man in the world. Right. But, right. you know, that's, and I hope that makes sense. It, it does. It doesn't matter how tough you are. It doesn't matter. That's not the whole object of business. It's not how this thing works. And so, I anyway, I, I get on a a jack no. trail here when you ask me a question, but it just, I, I never understood that in the history of wrestling. Uh, uh, 
You know what's funny, Lord? If I was a wrestler now, okay, let's just say I broke in. Thank the good Lord I didn't have to now. But <laughs> and if I saw stuff like that, uh, the first thing in my mind would say, well, I've never seen it before. Because you know all these young wrestlers have been watching videos, we hope, you know, and old footage with YouTube and stuff. So I, I would say, okay, Wahoo never done that. i never seen Jack Briscoe do that. i never seen like Dusty do that. So anybody that I fell in love with didn't do that. So automatically I wouldn't do it. It, it, mm-hmm. it, does that make sense? So, yeah. Uh, but I even though if they, you know, if they even know who them guys are, I'm talking about. But I've just never understood. You hit me. You hit me one time. I'm going to my knees. I it's, mean, you it's like, funny. Well, you like to come in the ring and help me back up. Okay. Well, it's, fun, it's funny one, you should mention Terry Funk, one. though, George. It's it's funny well, you should mention Terry one. Funk. Go on. Well, well listen. Here, here, here's my favorite one. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to forearm you in the corner. And then I'm going to take off running to the other corner, okay? And then come uh-huh. back running to you and do it again. Right. That's my favorite. <laughs> if you hit me one time and run away from me, do you think I'm going to be there when you get back? Get back. Right? <laughs> I'm going to be in my car headed to cook. Uh. Have you ever noticed that? A guy will pull on yeah. a guy right in the face, and he'll take off running clear across the ring. And come back and do it again, and the guy's yeah. still there. I, I'd done been gone. They would. I would be in the corner uh, what, when you get back. So what? What I was going to say was that you, you know, you mentioned Terry Funk having that conversation, and I can vividly remember Terry Funk and matches, and it didn't matter who the opponent was. If the opponent threw a punch, Terry Funk was stunned when he took the punch. He yes. was stunned. He would swing at the air. He would fall back into the turnbuckle. And that was just off of one punch. It, exactly. And you know who was yeah. good at that, Bob? And I learned a very valuable lesson with, with Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch was that way. I remember the first time I wrestled him, I slammed him and uh, went, went running over there to pick him up, Laura. This was on Keckwood Drive TV in Atlanta. Oh, and my. He said, he said, get away from me. And that scared me to death. Because, you know, I thought, man, I'm supposed to go get him. But right. what he was right. meaning by that is I wasn't giving him a chance to, to sell anything. I was ready to pick him up and throw him again. And <laughs> he said, get away from me. So I backed up. And, and, Bob, just what you just said, it took him probably 10 minutes to get back to me because he mm. wanted me. He grabbed his back. He grabbed the side of his head. He rolled out of the ring. You know, he went mm-hmm. over and sat in somebody's lap at ringside. You know, <laughs> it, took him, it took him 10 minutes to get back. But right. you would have thought that that simple body slam killed him. Uh, right. Yeah, you didn't know if he could he, continue. Exactly. And see, nowadays, I've had guys like slam me and already be on top of me before I hit the ground. You know, they're, <laughs> they're ready to do something else to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, buddy, man, what's going on here? Those quick spots. <laughs> those quick spots. Yeah. Um, you see, those lessons like that, Laura, you know what's missing? And I miss. And I tell my students this every week. What I love, Bob, and it, I learned so much, is the older, the old, the old-timers, they corrected you right then on the spot. I remember one time I locked up with Ivan Koloff, and I was so nervous because I loved Ivan, and I headbutted. And nobody in that place knew that I headbutted him by accident but him. And he just reached up with like a little short jab, Laura, and hit me right between the eyes. He didn't oh, say God. nothing. He, he didn't cuss me. 
But I knew I did something wrong. <laughs> I mean, I knew <laughs> I ain't never going to headbutt Ivan Koloff again. And he never said nothing about it later. Uh, or And we still laughed about it for years. But, man, he didn't wait till we got in the back. You know, right. he said, George, you probably don't need to headbutt me next time. I mean, he, man, I knew right then what I'd done wrong. And he fixed it. <laughs> he fixed it right then. So, uh, you know, and there wasn't nothing else said about it. I knew that I'd messed up and um, probably probably shouldn't do that again. So those, like, on-the-job training lessons that are few and far between now, I, I you know, when I'm in a ring now with some of my young students in front of a crowd, if, if one of them messes up, I make them do it again. I mean, right mm-hmm. then. I don't wait, Bob, till later. What better right. time to fix something than right when you just messed it up? Well, right. you did that you, you know, you Lord, many times I've done the same spot four or five times mm-hmm. Yep. To, to, to that young kid because I want them leaving the ring on a high note, Bob, if that makes sense. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the ring with me yelling at them because they messed up. Now, it may take right. four more times, but right. man, the look on their face when they finally get it right is is oh. very special. I want to want to talk about one of your one of your former students. Uh, a lot of discussion has occurred since Tessa Blanchard won the Impact World Championship from both fans and from those within the business. She is the only right. female to hold a traditional men's-only title for a major televised wrestling promotion in the history of professional wrestling. What are your thoughts on this? Because you were as close to Tessa as anybody else. Is it right. just a lot of hot air from other people, George? I mean, yeah. what, what do you think about it, this? Bob, it sure is. I mean, I probably, Laura, have, during this whole process, it, it really aggravated me because what I thought was so comical is people were coming out of the woodwork and they were putting the focus on, and I even heard some of the old timers say, well, this don't make sense. Laura, I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking, it's pro wrestling. When has everything, I mean, when has anything made sense? You know, right. and it's like, are you kidding me? Right. I lost to the Malkies. <laughs> but then we all still haven't seen our West Coast tag belts that we supposedly had. You know? For heaven's sake, I lost to the Ding Dongs. I mean, but I guess all that makes sense. I think what aggravated me, Bob, is everybody was forgetting the hard work that Tessa has put in. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll have her back, not because... I trained her. I've heard that since she won the belt. Yeah, you're going to take up for her because you trained her. No, Bob, you don't know. And I've told y'all, Laura, honey, you don't know how many times late at night when it would just be me and her in that old sweaty training school where I wouldn't let her leave because she couldn't do a move and we would stay there and she'd get so aggravated. But then before we would leave, she she would get it. And so I, I got to experience all that with her. And I, so I know it had nothing to do with her last name. You know, when she first started, they said she's going to make it big because her dad's totally Blanchard. Uh, mm-hmm. And that drove me nuts. And that's when I started telling people, Laura, that, that ring don't know what your name is. Right. I think that ring cares what your name is. Them boards and that steel, they, they don't care who you are. Them long mm-hmm. drives late at night, that, they don't care who your dad is. So, to this day, and, and I, I get all fired up, I, I still don't think she gets 
the credit, just the pressure. Laura, I've told you this before, and Bob, I'll share it with you. You know, I, I also trained Reed Flair. Uh, I trained mm-hmm. David Flair. I trained Ricky Steamboat Jr. And the mm-hmm. pressure alone on these young kids is more than any human should ever have to deal with. Because already your dad's famous, the best in the world. So mm-hmm. these wrestling fans think that you come right out of your mama's belly doing a drop kick. <laughs> and that ain't, how, that ain't how it works. <laughs> right. so, so these young right. kids, it, it, blew my, it blew my mind. And I thank the Lord every day for that time with them. Because, you know, in my day, Bob, and this will make sense. In my day, if your dad was a wrestler and you broke in, the first thing we would do is put a mask on you, Laura, hmm. and we would make right. up a name, and then you would travel with us and wrestle first or second match and have fun and learn. Nobody would, Not would know who you were. You right. see what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. now, I mean, I saw it with Flair's kids, and, and you couldn't do that, so right off the bat, Poor David Flair, uh, Bob, I was training him in Charlotte before everybody knew, anybody even knew that he wanted to be a wrestler. I was training him in Charlotte, 30 minutes from his house. Well, WCW mm-hmm. hears about it. Next thing I know, they don't want me to train him. They want him to drive to Atlanta twice a week. Mm-hmm. Power so he So he starts driving to Atlanta, 19 years old. What they do? Next thing they do, they put the U.S. belt on. Remember that, Laura? Kids 20 years Again. old, they put the U.S. belt on him. And then the whole world turned against him then. But it mm-hmm. wasn't his fault. He had to do what they said. Right. But right. He didn't, you know, he didn't, have, he didn't get that period where it was just fun for him. Automatically, mm-hmm. the cameras are in his face. And so what I love about Tessa is I was able for at least a year, uh, and I did it some with Steamboat Jr. too, to, to take him around to some of these little shows and just let him have fun. And uh, you know what was cool? First show I ever took Tessa to, she wasn't ready to have a match. It was in Lincolnton, Laura, at one of the high schools. And she just came along to say hey to the kids and, you know, sign a few autographs. She didn't really, nobody really knew who she worked. But she, those young kids, they brought in, they bust in a bunch of kids and they fell in love with Tessa. But we took a group picture that night, Laura, that's still hanging up uh, in that school of Tessa. Nice. And I thought, man, that's like the coolest thing that nobody even knew who she was yet, but there was a connection with those with the fans. But I just think it's comical now because, you know, I and I, I was so proud of myself, Laura, I kept my mouth shut because some of these podcasts were saying, you know, and some of them were my friends saying, saying, well, Tessa winning the belts just the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I can tell you a lot of other things that was worse than that. Uh, right. You know what's funny, Bob? China, mm-hmm. who I liked a lot, you know, she won the uh, Intercontinental Belt, right? You remember that time when, when they were pushing yes. China real big? And, yes. And she won the, uh, I think she beat a guy for the Intercontinental yeah. Belt back then. But mm-hmm. it, nobody really, it was like great then. Uh, right. And, and so, I don't know. I get aggravated because, you know, I even heard some guys like, you know, former WCW champs and stuff saying it didn't make sense. And I'm thinking, yeah, like it did when y'all won the belt. I mean, it's pro wrestling. <laughs> right. Well, I tell people now, it's what right. I tell the fans, Laura, quit trying to figure out everything. Would you just eat your popcorn and be quiet? 
Or an angel who is here. I'm serious. They want to analyze. Why did George right. do that? Everything. I don't know why I did that. Who cares why I done that? Would you just be a fan? That's it. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and I tell you, it makes my head hurt. Uh, I, if I was going to put this much thought into stuff, Bob, I'd have went to college. I mean, I'm building <laughs> rockets right now. Right. Right. I tell you, I got into wrestling, so I wouldn't have to think. But right. I, I just, I, I love Tessa, and I hope she keeps this belt forever. I mean, you, you, those matches with her and Sammy, her and Sammy Callahan, they unbelievable each other to death. I mean, they really yes. went at it. It wasn't like he gave her any leadway or no. uh, just handed no. that belt over to her. No, uh, right. You know that's what was that was what was uh, amazing to me, and and of course you know I know everybody. I think what broke my heart, uh, well, it didn't break my heart, made me mad, Laura, is people forget sometimes that we're human. We're not robots. We don't, you know, we don't go by script. We don't, we're not programmed to be perfect all the time. And, 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 and you know, what aggravated me about that whole mess, you know, I, I done heard it. Tessa's a racist and all this kind of stuff, Bob. And, and But right. you never heard anything about that until she got ready to win the belt. But you know, Laura, what makes me mad sports in particular is how come when somebody does something or don't do something, we never we never love on them. You ever notice that? It doesn't matter, especially in wrestling. Wrestling will eat their own in a heartbeat. But when someone yes. gets a DUI or someone gets arrested, it becomes the joke of the day, uh, hmm. Bob. And I think that, yeah. that really aggravates me. Instead of just... Man, can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do? And then just be quiet right. about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. And I, I just all I can do is is, is fix me. And, and I just you know I I, I got a prayer uh, list, Bob. I keep in my old Bible. I've had it for years that I just keep it for wrestlers. And it dates mm-hmm. back to my Crockett days. And I mean I got Skandar Akbar's name on there. You know, a, a man just some great special people that asked me uh, at a time in their life to just say a little prayer for them. You know, and it's kind of cool. Here's all these heroes that I looked up to. And so I feel like I was able to do that. Um, I just think there's enough. You know, people come to wrestling, Bob, to get away from yes. the real world. You yes. know, and, and, and that's what I try to teach my kids at my school is my job is to help you for just a few hours forget what you just left. Because you got to go back yes. to it. It may be work, right. it may be a relationship, it may be anything. But my job is is to help you just forget that for a little bit, and that's mm-hmm. what I try to do. So, but yeah, awesome. I, I I'm proud of her. I tell you, I, I I'm very proud of uh, uh, Tessa. I, I mean, just because I know the hard work. I'm proud of all my students. I mean, I I ain't putting my name on them, Bob, unless unless I you know unless it's it's worth it. Uh, right. You know what makes me feel good, Laura, more than anything is when sometimes I'll talk to Kerry Taylor or Ted DiBiase or those guys that I respect so much and still talk to, and every now and then they'll see a match or something just right out of the blue. Uh, Ted DiBiase told me the other day, he said, I can tell right away who's yours, George, and who ain't. And hmm. I'll tell you, Bob, that means more to me than any WWE contract or any WrestleMania match that that maybe I'm doing something right, you know, with mm. some of these kids. And 
uh, that's what means more to me. I, I had two new ones start last night, and I scared them to death because I told them, I said, listen, <laughs> once my name is on you, you ain't going to be a fool. I said, right. I said, I don't care what you do, have been doing away from me, but my name's on you now. You go out there and act like a fool. I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to have some questions because now you're connected to me. And, right. and, and man, they're looking in their eyes were big as sausages, you know. And boy, they ain't got the ring with this crazy man. What's he talking about? Uh, but I want them, you know, I want them to take it, you know, just take it serious and and let's just. And I've got, man, I've got some new ones that are coming along, and I got this one kid, and I, I explained in my class last night, Laura, I got this this new kid named Drew. Now, Bob, he's never done anything athletic in his life. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you, he's never played badminton. He's never played kickball. I guess right. he just woke up one day and wanted to be a wrestler. A little okay. big old guy. But right. he's scared to death. But now okay. the first day, I just let him get in the ring and just get a feel of it. He, I, and see, Bob, it takes me two seconds to realize if this is, if this is going to work or if it ain't going to work. I mean, right. I, I don't have to suplex you to know that you probably ain't going to come back tomorrow. But what I, right. and I never do that. So what I did with Drew is his first day, he didn't even take no bumps or nothing, Laura. I just mm-hmm. let him realize, because once they realize they're standing in a ring and they're looking over at me, you know, they either go to the bathroom in their pants or they need to go outside and, and, and just try to throw up. I mean, that, that happens all the time, Bob. I'll be honest, buddy. So I, I try to keep it calm. Right. And so last night, uh, Drew took – I only had him take two bumps, mm-hmm. and he did it. I mean, my goodness, he oh, did awesome. it. And I about started crying, Laura, because here's a kid that is completely scared to death. And see, it ain't just taking the bump. I've got 30 other students standing there watching. Now, I will never mm-hmm. let nobody right. laugh at nobody, Bob. I, I'll laugh right. go crazy. But you still right. got all these eyes on you. Sure. And But he did it. And I hugged his neck, Laura, and I told him, I said, Drew, if you never do anything else in wrestling, we did this. Yeah. Right. He was, exactly. you would have thought, he's a grown man, you would have thought that he just kicked the winning field goal. You know, mm. for his team, and awesome. so when I see people overcome that fear, forget about having a wrestling match. We'll work on that later. I'm just right. trying to get you over the fear uh, that you you did that. And he's mm-hmm. so oh, he's done texting me like 15 times. You know, <laughs> uh, telling me how proud he is. And and but the flip side of that is now, Bob, I've got this other kid that I hadn't even been in the ring yet. So, Laura, he asked me this morning, he said, how long does it take? And I said, uh, what do you mean? Take what? For what? He said, well, you know, it's <laughs> big. Yeah. And I said, hey, buddy, I ain't got big yet. So, what? <laughs> it's going to take you a while. <laughs> but I'm thinking, man, I'm, this guy ain't getting get in the ring, Bob, and he's, he's, he's already wondering how long, you know, he's going to be yeah. at WrestleMania in two days. Exactly. Uh, he's got you got to get it together, George. Man, I tell you, I, I, I've been doing it wrong, I think. Laura, I don't think it takes time. I don't think it does. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but, but uh, he did. He, he's ready. He's packed up, ready to go now. And he's never even been ready? in the rain. I said, it may take a little bit longer than what you think. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if I could just touch these people's lives. You know, 
uh, uh, like Cedric came through to see his mom. You know, Cedric, his mom still lives here in Charlotte. And about three weeks mm-hmm. ago, he stopped in. He was came through town to see her. And he came by my school, Laura. And it was so I'm special because the students knew he was coming, but I didn't. So uh-huh. it, it was something like out of a TV show, Laura, right in the middle of training, just right out of the blue. Cedric walks out behind the curtain, and there he is in my training school. And oh, I, man, I was so happy and and just because I heard, you know, we talk maybe once or twice a week or we text or something, but I got to see him because he's on the road so much. So, right. man, just those little special moments that that he just took time out of his crazy schedule just to ride by the school, and of course, all the students' mouth dropped open. You know, right. when Cedric walked in. and But you know what's funny, Bob? I told Cedric, our joke was, Laura, with Cedric, that I used to joke with him that I don't care how much money you make in WWE, to me, you're never going to make it big till I can walk in Walmart and see you hanging on a shelf with your action figure. And you know right. what, Laura? He brought me, he brought me one oh, of his man. action figures. That's awesome, George. Can you believe that? So he said, I guess I... He told me, he said, well, because I, I used to tell him, I said, you've never made it in my eyes till I can see your action figure in Walmart. You know, <laughs> so he told me, he said, I guess I've made it big, George, because here's my action uh-huh. figure. So I thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> you know. That to cool. be there from day one and see, and see these young kids. I mean, here's a kid that started with me and he worked hard and, and now he's got his own goofy little action figure. I mean, it's just so neat how... If you stick with it, it finds a way. Life finds a way, especially in wrestling. Problem is, Laura, in training, Bob, that I told my students, I said, y'all don't even get not because I have some that quit, Bob, but mm-hmm. I tell them, you right. don't even give it a chance to see if it's going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you can't learn nothing. You know, you got to give itself a chance. It may not be for you, but you at mm-hmm. least got to give it a shot. And, right. and I, sometimes I don't think they give it a, you know, give it time to even see if it's going to work or not. So, I had one you know, Tuesday. This is my last story about my school. I had one Tuesday. He was supposed to take his butt. He was going to take his bump, Laura, and he kept looking backwards. And I, I said, "Hey, kid, what, what are you looking at?" And he said, "Well, I'm looking at the canvas." And mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, don't worry. You're going to meet that canvas soon enough." <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be there. Looking, what are you looking for it for, Bob? It's going to find you. It's uh, going to be there, oh, trust he me. Too. He took that bump and laid there for about 30 minutes. I said, you met that canvas, didn't you? So. Oh, I'm going I'm to get a film crew in there one day and just take some of this stuff because it's amazing to see people that, you know, I had a couple of Carolina Panthers, uh, Laura, come in one time. They were on the practice squad, but they came in not to make fun of anything, but they just wanted to maybe try it out and, See and then yeah. after about fifteen minutes, I ain't I ain't never heard from those guys again. You know? <laughs> and, oh no, no, wait a minute. We, we meant to go next door, Bob. We didn't mean to come in this place. We're in but, the wrong building. <laughs> you know, you're in the wrong building. We didn't get our oil changed like, next door, and we came in by mistake. Okay. You throw us in the ring. Oh Lord. So they oh, learned. They learned quick. You know, George, you're talking about, you know, Cedric and Tessa and training. And, you know, I I just want to know, what do you think your legacy is going to be? You know, 
is it the training? Is it you know the time in in, in Crockett? Uh, it, what what do you? I guess what do you want people to think of when they think of George South? I love that uh, question, Laura, and and because I think about that all the time. I want people to think that you know he always talks about his relationship with God and 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 how close he is to the Lord. But I want people to see that that wasn't just a work. In other words, Laura, right now, I've been going on 41 years, Bob, in this business, and there's no logical reason why I'm still doing this. In other words, I've never had a contract. I've never been under contract in pro wrestling in my life. I've been in the ring with some of the roughest, just clumsiest wrestlers in the world. And for me... To be able to still do what I love and do it, you know, half decent, even now, it, you know, 57 years old, be 58 September, there has to be something, you know, God, and I'm so, it opens up so many doors for me to say that I give all the credit to God. I mean, I, I just tell people, I, I don't beat them over the head of the Bible, Bob, but there's got to be, I don't care if you was E.T. and you just landed on this planet and found out who I was, you'd have to mm-hmm. say, there's got to be a reason he's still able to do this. Uh, hmm. Bob, I've never told nobody this. I remember one night in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, I just worked for Dusty, and he had just told me that he was really going to give me and Rocky King this big push and really try to, you know, just do something with us. And I'll never forget driving to Raleigh, Laura, I was so happy that finally, after all these years, and I didn't look for a main event spot. I was just knew that I was going to start wrestling full time. And so, some, we got to Raleigh. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Dorton Arena. I walk in, and the new breed, Chris Champion and Sean Royal, had walked in. Oh, and I didn't think about it at first, but I thought, wait a minute, this ain't. You know, why do they? Why do they need two more guys when they got me and Rocky? It, which is basically, you know, they're going to be taking the same spot, Bob, on the card, if that makes sense. Right. And yeah. so right. next thing I knew, and it's just the way wrestling is, the next thing I knew, uh, Chris Champion and Sean Royal were going to take me and Rocky's spot. They were going to take right. our bookings without mm-hmm. no explanation, without no reason. And I'll never forget driving home from Raleigh that night uh, just in tears. Really, I was just in tears because it was just – you're talking about an emotional roller coaster. To come right. out to Raleigh knowing this was going to be uh, – and I wasn't looking for getting wins on TV or anything. I just – I mean, I was going to start wrestling. Seven Full-time was going to be my job. So I never forget driving home from Raleigh crying, just saying, Lord, what I've, I've done everything, and I don't understand. And, and so – but you know what, Laura, as I look back now and – by the grace of God, I'm still able to do what I do. So it's right. crazy how God's plan, he sees the end before the beginning. So God knew then, George, if you just slow down and trust me, this is going to be okay. So that's my legacy. I want people to, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, Bob, that, you know, first of all, you know, people think I'm just a wrestler that happens to be a Christian. I said, no, no, I'm a Christian that happens to be a wrestler. You know, mm-hmm. and so I want people to remember that I'm, I, you know, I'm the biggest screw up in the room. I'll tell you that right now. So, so Bob, if TMZ ever does an expose on me, I just want you and Laura to say, "Oh, we already knew that." <laughs> we already okay. knew that. 
You're not, yeah. you're not telling us anything we didn't already I know. Knew, I knew he was a mess up. <laughs> what, what are y'all what are y'all trying to find that out for? But yeah, I, we're not. I, that, but you know, Bob, that's what I want my legacy to be. Laura, it's just, and you know, even now, like uh, kind of sometimes I make a joke. I had, you know, I got a 19 year old student that he hadn't been to training in three weeks. Where he calls him and says, you know, he hadn't <laughs> been there. He wants to apologize that life. Right. He just said life's been tough, yeah. and hmm. I didn't laugh at him, but I laughed. Laura, that mm-hmm. here's this 19 year old kid that's telling me that life is tough. Yeah. And so I was know. able to, you know, pray with him and say, kid, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay? Right. <laughs> At 19, you ain't even mm-hmm. got a life yet. You know? <laughs> right. So yeah. I think the connection with that, uh, uh, that, I think that would be my legacy. Hmm. You know, you, you you made a post, George, shortly after your loss to C.W. Anderson at AML for the for the AML championship. And we've talked about this before, about how now in wrestling the matches are laid out move for move, hold for hold, because they're just way too overly choreographed. But in the post, yeah. you said something you said something in this post that was incredibly profound. And I quote, I was going to give Shane and CW everything I had, not for me to look good so that they wouldn't look bad. End of quote. That's right. Can you, can you elaborate on that for us, George? Because I think this ties in with a lot already of what we've been talking about. Bob, if anybody goes back over my career and I made a tremendous great living out of making other people look good. Not because I had to, but because that was that was not, and it wasn't even really my job. I took so much pride. I remember Ronnie Garvin used to love to work with me because I knew when he threw that punch, Laura, that I was going to take the best, hardest bump. I wanted that punch to look like it had been fired out of a cannon. And so right. if you go back and look, sometimes he would punch a guy, and a guy, it would take a guy four days to fall, Bob. And, and so nobody told me to go out there and, and and take a good bump. I just said, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to, because I knew if I make, see the whole, you know what the secret of our business is, Bob, and, I'll, and this will sum all this up. If you want to make me look good and I want to make you look good, we both make money. Problem in wrestling now, it's all about me. In other words, mm. in, a, in a match, I don't even want to hear what you, excuse me, you ain't doing nothing to me. Uh, right. You know, I'm going to do all my stuff to you. But what I meant by that is all I wanted to do with Shane Douglas and CW is forget me. I don't even care if they remember I was in that, fans remember I was in that match. But I wanted it to be, first of all, to be, because I respect both of them so much, I wanted it to be special to them. But I wanted to do everything I had in me. I wanted it so they would would, would be elevated. Let me tell you a funny story real quick, Bob. I just went down. Nobody knows it yet because they hadn't even showed it. But, Laura, three months ago, I went down to Georgia. Uh, uh, Everybody says the devil went down to Georgia. Well, I went down Mm -hmm. to the NWA tape. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I knew I was going to wrestle Colby Carina, Steve's boy. Well, I knew before I got there, Bob, I don't care what they tell me to do, I'm going to put Colby over. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I seriously, I wasn't going to be a butthole about it, but my, I knew what I was going to do, and I don't care what finish they told me. So I get down there, and they were so good to me, and I had so much fun. So they come up, and one of the agents, and said, 
we're going to get Ray Kelly, you know, they're getting Ray Kelly to finish for the match. And I said, well, mm-hmm. that's, uh, I'm not going to listen because I'm already, I'm going to, I got to finish. In other words, I would have been a jerk, but I was going to put my job, I'd have left if they had not let me do that, Lars, what I'm saying. But I'm blaming you. Here's what's funny, Bob. They set us in a room. You'll love this, Bob. They set me in a room before to do this big promo thing. And I hope they mm-hmm. show this on TV. And behind the camera was this 19-year-old young man who just got out of college, and he's he's working on his film doctrine or whatever. Well, the lady asking interviews was 22 years old. So they're going to mm-hmm. ask me some questions and have the big NWA logo behind me. And she, Bob, she don't have a clue who I am. I wanted to say, honey, just go Google my name, please. <laughs> right, yeah. Bob, she had no idea who she was. So listen to this, Laura. So she's a nervous wreck. You can tell she's just learning, too. So I'm sitting there, and I got the microphone hooked up to my neck. And so the first question, she says, uh, Mr. South, she says, what is your ambition to work for the NWA? And, oh, my goodness, Laura, I said, man, I've never quit the NWA. And right. She said, there you go. Excuse me? There you go. I said, ma'am, I started working for the NWA in 1980, and I've never quit. And she said, oh. I think we can use that. <laughs> so, so, Bob, they let me get right up. I mean, that was it. That's all they needed. She said, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we can use that. So, <laughs> I wanted, you know, because really, I so we went out, and I hope they show it because I want Colby. I hope it helps him. I let him beat mm-hmm. me right in the middle of that ring. Tech, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia, superstar, right there. NWA. Yeah. He beat me right there. And I, I mean, I've done been there, uh, Bob. And, right. But I see, and I'm so thankful that all these years later, I haven't changed. I know what my job is. You know, I told my students last uh, Tuesday at training, I said, There's, the reason Ric Flair asked for me wasn't because I was good looking, Bob. I think it's because <laughs> I can do something out there in that race. <laughs> and so I, I'm right. still that way. Right. If you. I, I tell you, even I don't even I go out there with my young students sometimes, and and they're scared to death to go over on me, so I basically have to hold them on top of me. But I, I you know, it's never matter. I'm so thankful that I'm, over the years, Bob, I've had I, I've I've known wrestlers that have left territories because they had to go out there and lose. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've seen that happen so many times, and it just never affected me. I want to make I want to. As long as I got a breath in me, I'm going to make whoever I'm in the ring with. And believe me, I've done it, and it's really an art form to take guys out there that really can't even lace my boots up. Uh, you know, I used to joke with, like, you know, Arn and them that I was basically beating myself up because I'd get out there with some guys, and I would have to put them where I wanted them. But, they're be- you know, they're going over, and they're going to beat me. But uh, it was basically like I was beating myself up because I basically right. had to put them – you know, where I wanted them to be. And and so I, I just always, I'm so thankful for that, is I've just always took took pride. I mean, you think of Tully Blanchard. I, I don't know if Tully ever won a match. I mean, you think back. You know, he lost to Dusty like four million times. You know? But it didn't matter. Uh, I can't even think of one match Tully won. Right. I mean, that, you know, it's funny because you – of course, and I'm just a, like a you know a, a, a third or fourth match version of Tully Blanchard. See, Tully knew his job. 
he mm-hmm. knew his job, and he made a lot of money doing it. Problem now mm-hmm. in wrestling is nobody has a clue what <laughs> what their job is. Uh, yeah. One of my students, uh, Darius Lockhart, who I love to death, he yes. he was telling me he came by my school to say hey to me, and um, you know he's been over in London a few times. Uh, you know what blessed my heart, Bob, is he he went on a tour of like London on his own, and I was so he was he had been over there for a week. Well, Steamboat went over there to do a seminar, and mm-hmm. Steamboat walks in the building, and, and of all these students getting ready from over, this is like in London. Laura, mm-hmm. in England, I mean, just over the the ocean, and Steamboat sees Darius, and his eyes lit up. And so do you know that Darius got to help Steamboat in his seminar? Because Steamboat, right. remembered he came from my school. Right. So, I mean, what a, man, I'm still excited over that. But anyway, <laughs> Darius came in last night, and his shoulder, he had hurt his shoulder in a match, and he was telling me about it, he was some show I, I I don't I didn't hear I've never heard of the group but Bob it was funny it was supposed to be a tournament well Darius gets hurt the first match and really mm-hmm. makes his shoulder up but he finishes the match he said the promoter came in the back and instead of like letting him get eliminated in the tournament they want him to keep advancing right <laughs> yes and so. I said, so you're telling me you ended up working like four times with a broke shoulder? And he said, yeah. Oh, so, see, boy. even the goofy promoter didn't have sense to let Darius lose the first match, you know, because mm-hmm. his shoulders hurt. He had to go right. on and basically win the tournament four times later, you know. So, wow. it ain't just that sometimes the wrestlers ain't got a clue. There's a lot of people ain't got a clue. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I had a guy from that day, the, the, one of the uh, promoters said, well, how, how far do you want the chairs to the ring? And, Laura, I started laughing because I'm thinking, you know, first of all, let me just see how many people we got here. We may not need no chairs at all. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we need uh, to wait. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and so little things like that, I, I, I always get a tickle and joke about it. But but I think I've always knew my job, Bob. I, I, huh? I don't care if it was the, the guy that couldn't work a lick. You know, when WCW was going strong, a lot of people don't know this, Laura, but every TV, they would you wouldn't believe the guys, when WCW was on top and they were beating WWE in the ratings, you wouldn't believe how many big-name wrestlers would come down there trying to get a job. I mean, it would be guys right off of Memphis TV or, or even some of the WWF guys would come through. But you know what was funny? They would still make them do a dark match, Laura. I mean, I'm talking about guys that just left TV last week but every week, guess who had to get in the ring with them? Poor George. Now, some of them were great, but some of them, oh, my gosh, some of them about killed me. And I, mean, I knew that they were never going to come back. Uh, but we always laugh about it with Dale Wilkes. You know, uh, he was doing the state trooper gimmick in the AWA, Bob, and so Wahoo uh-huh. got him a tryout match down here. So me and him went out there in between shows and had an unbelievable match. I fell in love with him. This is way before the Patriots. But they never brought him back. And nobody to this day can tell me why. Because he looked great. He had Wahoo in his corner, you know, right. uh, vouching for him. and, and just. But they never brought him back. So when I see him now, we kind of joke that I killed his career. You know, <laughs> he should have never had that dark match with me, Bob, because that's why they never called him back. But that's that that so was a career killer. 
Yeah. You were the original legend so killer. Is what it was. Through, you just never understood sometimes the thinking because uh, uh, a lot of times they'd bring guys in and you'd never see them. Uh, some of them, I'm glad I never saw them again. But every now and then, a good kid like Dale <laughs> Wilson would come in. And uh, you'd think, man, why didn't they bring him back? Bring him uh, back. And I mean, would never. And, of course, later on, we'd see each other somewhere else. But I never understood a lot of them dark matches. And, you know, when I was going WWF, it's funny because now they say a dark match can get you a job. But mm-hmm. the way a dark match started, Bob, was early on with TV. And, Laura, I know you don't understand this. They didn't want no downtime for the crowd. In other words, when they, they had to switch tapes over. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was just so right. modern that they tape an A show, and then, of course, after that, they had to, put a, they had to switch tapes. So they didn't want mm. the fans to sit out there for 30 minutes right. without anything going on, so they would put two guys out there. I remember the first time I did it at WWF, I got back, and I had people saying, man, they're they going to hire you. I said, what are you talking about? They said, well, you got a dark match. I said, yeah, dummy, I got a dark match because they had to change tapes. They <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, I didn't know that. So that's where dark match started from. Dark match, ain't, dark match ain't so you can get a job so they can take a look at it. You know what's funny, I think, funny, uh, Bob, now is everybody says, well, they're going to take a look at me. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And this internet, <laughs> YouTube, phone, camera, you already know about me. Seriously. Yeah. You know yeah. what there's no wrestler that nobody knows about. And I right. get tickled, they're going to take a look at me. I start laughing. <laughs> well, what, what are they going to do? I mean, you ain't already seen me by now. You in trouble. Oh. Uh, oh, I had gosh. a lady that is going to bring her, her son, 19-year-old, to my school, and I don't think she's ever even heard of me. Well, she, I got aggravated, Lark, because we're talking on the phone. Can I swear I thought I was applying for a job? I mean, she's asking me more questions than than Ted Turner did when I worked with that <laughs> And I finally said, "Ma'am, are you going to hire me to like do windows or what?" I said, "Oh my God, uh, well, I'd like to get some information." And I did. I said, "Just go Google my name. I mean, seriously, oh, and you'll find out everything that you." And, and, oh. and it never crossed her mind that she could just type in my name and probably find out, you know. You know who I am, so I never want to feel like I'm trying to sell them something, Bob. Does that make sense? I, right, Laura, right. I yeah. tell the students, right. I can teach you everything, but I can't put it in your heart. If you if you don't have pro wrestling in your heart, we're gonna have a long we're gonna have a long road here. Long road uh, to hell. You yep. sure are, buddy. And and so I tell people all the time, I'm not gonna, you know, if you don't want to come to my school, that's fine. I understand, but I'm not gonna try to convince you. Because uh, I'll educate him real quick. I had a guy call me from Fayetteville wanting to know where he was going to stay at. <laughs> well, he thought I put my students up. Hey, so, yeah. well, <laughs> I said, I guess you'll be sleeping under the bridge up there off of 85. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, I said, you ain't staying with me. Uh, oh, my gosh. So, I, I, so I'm thinking, guys, well, what are you thinking? You know, the first time, Laura, that, and this, 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 this is so sentimental to me, uh, right before, it's about two, maybe three years before Dusty, when Dusty was still working some shows up here, you know, he'd come up to Lenore and do some shows. Right. Lord George, early on in his career, Lord George got booked up uh, in a uh, big show uh, in Pennsylvania. And he went up on his own with a ticket and a plane ticket. They flew him up on his own. I wasn't there, but Dusty was on the show. And 
and Dusty used to, I used to love this. Dusty said when he got to the airport, he noticed somebody was following him. And he didn't pay attention. We said he got out there to the taxi and he turned around. Little George was right behind him. And uh, <laughs> he said, well, where do you think you're going? Because little George, bless his heart, he never flew. You know, he never got a taxi. <laughs> they didn't have Hubert or anything like that. And Dusty said he was right on my heels. And Dusty said, turn around, he's looking at me right now. And he said, kid, where do you think you're going? Little George said, well, I thought I'd stay with you. <laughs> Dusty said, you ain't staying with me, kid. So, of course, Lord George, I just thought, you know, because Lord George knew Dusty, you know, he always took care of his dad, you know, and he knew right. how much I loved right. Dusty. So, Lord George just thought he was part of the family. But uh, <laughs> Dusty still laughed about us. Yeah, that kid of yours thought he was going to stay with me. And I had to tell him, you need to stay with me, kid. So, I always got a big kick out of that. Lord George said, well, yeah, I took care of my dad. I guess he'll take care yeah. of me, too. So. <laughs> I want to want to mention a, another name, George. You know, you posted a picture of an autograph that Tommy Wildfire Rich had given to you, and you said in the post, "I'm still the biggest mark in wrestling." Why oh, do some Why do some within the industry still use that term as a derogatory description of fans, yeah. and someone like yourself use it to let us know that we're all fans? We're all fans. And you know what's funny about that, Bob? I'm so glad you asked that because what, how do they think they've got being a fan? I mean, even a rap, even wrestlers are in the business because they were a fan of another right. wrestler. Right. Seriously. And so I don't want to ever quit being a mark, uh, right. uh, Bob. But you know what? I wish the I wish people could be around me when some of the older wrestlers that don't that didn't keep nothing. They didn't get pictures made with their heroes, mm. uh, and, and they wish now. Uh, I was talking to Nikita about that the other day, and, and, you know, and, of course, I understand, you know, guys like Nikita told me he kept some stuff, but he wished he would have got a lot more pictures with some of the guys. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, see, that's what I think is so special because we, we all ain't going to be here forever. And right. what's amazing to me, like two weeks ago uh, in Augusta, when Tommy Rich walked in, he runs. He runs for me, Laura, because he knows how much I love him. I mean, he, he'll literally peek his head through the door, and that blonde hair showing, just to see if I'm in there, because he knows I'm going to come straight to him. And I always remember that, even as a kid, when he was on the cover of that magazine, and he had turned heel, and one of the first times, and it was so wild to me that one of the biggest big faces in the world is, is, because, Bob, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Laura, did you know in 1981, I went to Georgia Championship Wrestling with Gordon Soley, and and the most special moment was Gordon Soley saying my name while you're in the ring. Oh, my right? gosh, Laura. That was like, wow. Mm. But one of the first little angles, Bob, I ever was involved in, Rip Rogers was feuding with Tommy Rich right before mm-hmm. Tommy Rich won the NWA mm-hmm. belt. And right. the gimmick was when Rip Rogers beat you, he would spray paint your hair pink. So mm. I couldn't wait for okay. her to get my hair spray painted pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Bob, I had a head of hair back then at 18 years old. So yeah. Rip Rogers spray painted my hair, and guess who saved me? Tommy, Tommy Rich. Rich. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize, Bob, I wore my hair pink for like three months. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I, would, well, I wouldn't wash it out. 
Right. No, seriously, I, I, man, I, I tell the gym or go in a gas station, they say, what happened? Man, I tell them the whole story. Rip Rogers beat me up on Atlanta TV, kept with drive, <laughs> scored solely with – they're looking at me like, would you shut up? Just tell us what happened to your hair. I tell them oh, that Oh, my gosh. Bob. So, oh. I still – when I see Tommy Rich now, I still tell him about that. He gets <laughs> such a kick one night, Bob, and see, I still do dumb things. Uh, this is probably maybe 10 years ago. Me and Tommy Rich was on a show together, and the promoter tells me, and I wasn't thinking. He said, can you go back there and tell Tommy Rich that he's up next? And I said, yeah, I don't, uh, sure. So I go back there, and I said, Tommy, uh promoter wanted me to tell you you're up next. Laura, Tommy Rich looked right at me, and he scared me to death. I, he looked at me and he said, kid, how long do you think I've been doing this? <laughs> oh my God! I mean, here's Tommy Rich been in the business 50 years, and I'm telling him he's up next. I mean, like he right. didn't know that, Laura. So he still, when I saw him a couple of days ago in Augusta, he he told me that. He said, "Are you going to tell me when my match is up?" I said, "Oh no, I learned my lesson. Uh, I learned my lesson on that." But but Paul, this gets back to what you said. I right. never met Tommy Rich's wife in all these years. Mm-hmm. I never met her. She's the sweetest lady in the world. But I never got a chance to meet her. Well, in Augusta a couple of nights ago, when I go up to Tommy Rich to hug his neck, he says, come here for a minute. So, Laura, he takes me over to his wife, and the first thing he says to her, he says, honey, he said he's one of the good ones. And, Laura, I'm telling you, Bob, I here, I, I about sorry. I, mean, I about lost. I, I, I about blowed my nose on my shirt and everything, Laura. I mean, I got very emotional. That he, oh he didn't have to say that. You know what I'm saying? Right. He could have said yes. it's just one of the boys. And, but for him to take time to take me over there to meet her, and he just said, it was just very special to me that mm-hmm. maybe something I've been doing this whole line, this whole time, just trying to respect these guys and love on them and, and do my job, you know, maybe it sinks in every now and then. I mean, he mm-hmm. could have said this is one of the jerks that you usually meet at the shows. But, <laughs> he, he, you know, just for him to say that. Right. But on the flip side, Bob, this was comical. Augusta, Georgia, the big Georgia champ. Mike Jackson was there. Chick Donovan was there. And my favorite mascot of all time, Bill Eady, was there. But guess what? Right. The promoter had what? him as demolition. Oh. So, <laughs> right, but see, that's why I'm such a mark, Bob. I'm over there hyperventilating because this doesn't make sense. Okay? Right. And right. nobody in the whole place is even worried about it but George. Okay, I think I take this being a Mark thing serious. Uh, I'm why would you book Bill Eady as demolition in Georgia? You know, doesn't Augusta, make sense. Where right. he was, where he was a mass That's superstar all those years. So right. I tell you one night. I think I told you this story before. You know, this young kid was in a dressing room, and I looked over at Bob. You know, he had duct tape. Literally, he a young, good-looking kid had long blonde hair. He had duct tape yeah. from his shoulders to his wrist, and I could tell right then he loved Jeff Hart. I mean, I could tell, you know, because <laughs> right. he had yeah. that look. And, and So I go over to him trying to be nice, and I said, kid, let me tell you something. I said, why don't you just cut some socks up, you know, like like Jeff Hardy. And that kid, Laura, that kid looked at me, and he said, man, I can't do that. He said, they all think I'm a mark. <laughs> and I said, yeah, oh, you're my God. But you go home and try to take all this duct tape off your arm. We're not going to think that you're a mark. You are so going to be marked. But see, even then, Bob, he was worried about uh, he was worried about what people was going to think, you know, yeah. because he was in love with Jeff Hardy. And, oh and, my gosh! You know, 
I know, ain't that crazy? So, so I'm still the biggest, you know. One, I told you, Bob, before. One, my biggest regret, my biggest regret, one of them is being around Andre the Giant all those times, Laura, and I never got a picture with him. Yeah. It wasn't oh, because man. I didn't want one, but you know, he was always busy, or or we was rushing, or something, and and so before you, you always think you'll get that picture next week, Laura, mm-hmm. or I'll get it next time I'm up here. Right. And then before you know it, there's not a next time. So I really right. wished I would have, uh, you know, I would have got a picture with him. Um, I look now at some of the stuff I've got in my museum, Bob, and I'm so thankful that the Lord let me slow down long enough to spend time with Wahoo. You know, he signed his football card for me. Uh, you know, I told you last time I went to see Ole, I, he, it was funny because Ole used to rip me real bad because, uh, you know, about I'd always have him sign stuff for me. Well, I smartened up, Lord, where, you know, he would get paid to do a stack of pictures. Well, I'd stick a few in there with me for my kids, you know. So when he got to them, right. he, it would, they would have a little stick of note with my kids. And uh, this last time he caught me, like right in the middle of it, he stopped and said, George, how many kids you got? <laughs> so, I mean, Bob, I knew I was caught, okay? So, I mean, even now, I couldn't pull one over on Ollie. So, uh-huh. But, you know, just oh my to God. have those special things. Uh, I mean, I got one of Nelson Royal's ring jacket. I mean, just those little things that right. I'm so thankful that, that man, I just took time to, to spend time with them. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, my time with Paul Jones, I mean, I, I you know, up to the time he passed, I could take him to go eat. He loved barbecue, Bob, and I'd take Paul in there. And he didn't like to go out much because mm-hmm. he felt nobody remembered him. And mm. something that used to really tick him off is if a fan come up or a waitress and said, hey, do you know Sting? You know, with mm. Paul, you know he, just, he would get mad because he just, you know, he'd get mad if someone didn't remember. So he wouldn't go out much. But when we would, he he knew how big of a mark I still was. I mean, I, to this day, I didn't want to mess up because of how much I love Paul Jones. But, like, right in the middle of supper, Bob, Paul would reach over and he'd say, now, I want to tell you something. I've never told you. And and, and I'm sitting there like a little kid, Laura, thinking he's really going to tell me a story. And he said, now, you know me and Blackjack were best friends, right? And I said, mm-hmm. Paul, what are you talking about? He said, oh, yeah, we used to beat each other to death. I know, Laura. And he'd say, uh, then we'd go have a beer together. I said, Paul, you need to be quiet. I said, oh, you did. <laughs> and here it is. I'd be like 45 years old telling you this. And he said, no, really. He said, I love the old engine today. He said, we'd go fishing together. I said, Paul, if don't, you say don't. that again, I'm leaving. You want to take a taxi home. So uh, even at 45 years old, I didn't want to hear that. Because right, right. to me, you know, Paul will always hate the Anderson. Him and Wahoo will always hate the Andersons in my right. book. Because that, that's such a childhood of mine. And so all those memories and stuff. And But he used to do that just to get me so aggravated, I mm. had to walk away from the table. Uh, mm. I, it got so bad one time where I said, listen, Paul, I'm buying your supper. And if you don't shut up, you're going to buy it. So, son's got to give here, okay? Right. So, I'm still still a a big, big mark. I I do get tickled sometimes. Even now, I'm teaching my students. Because I know they want to get a picture like with great Muda. When I had time Mm -hmm. with Muda, all of my students could not wait to meet. I got one that's like completely in love with great Muda. I mean, I think he named his dog great Muda. 
Bob. So, but he, he wanted to meet him. And so I, I brought him in the back, and I said, hold on a minute. When he, when he gets done, I'm going to take you over there. And my kid was shaking. Like, he meets right. me, and it ain't nothing, you know. But I'm going right. to take him over there to move it, and he's, like, shaking. And I said, right. just relax. I said, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be cool, and, and, and we'll get a picture or whatever. So anyway, so I took him over there, and it was like, it was special to me. Because I remember the first time I met Paul Jones or being right. able to be close to Wahoo. And it was pretty special. And they got the picture made. And I tell you what, I did one more. I, I'm like the greatest friend in the world, Laura. I just want you to know that. When Muda got done, when, when Muda took all of his wrist tape off after he spit the green mist on me, he he, he was kind of dressing beside me, and he threw, his, he threw his wrist tape down. Well, I got his wrist tape, and I gave it to that student, Laura. Mm. And it's got the green mist on it, and so my student took it and had it, you know, framed, and and it's just old cheap wrist tape, but, man, he's got great Muda's uh, wrist tape. It's the memory of a lifetime. Memory of a lifetime. Ain't that something? I mean, yeah. Now, I told him, Laura, if I see this on eBay, I'm coming to your house. (laughs) (laughs) So so if y'all see Wrist tape from Great Muda on eBay. Y'all let me know because I'm gonna make we it. Will. Uh, we'll do that. So we'll do just that. Just those special moments uh, that because I because I was there one time. I'm still there. Uh, yeah. You know, for me going to the ring, so I wrestled Great Muda, Bob. You know, one of his, I wrestled his first match for Jim Crockett. Yes. I think I told you that, Laura, when he first yes. came here, and so it's been right. many years. And so for me, you know, what's funny about that whole angle. You know, we did like the open challenge thing and and we mm-hmm. didn't really know it was going to be me in the beginning but if i could if we had time bob you would believe the emails it's comical now the emails and and texts and messages from wrestlers that thought that they were going to be the one because we never said who it was going to be we just said right. there's an open challenge and right. you talk, it's funny to hear wrestlers that say that they don't want to be a mark really being a mark when they send a resume in to me. Because they want want that match with Muda. But see, Bob, this goes back to what me and you were talking about. I had to be the one, not because I'm great, but because I knew my job. If you would have put anybody else in there with Muda, I promise you they would have thought they they were supposed to beat Muda. That's the mindset of everybody. Right. We had people thinking that Muda was going to die out of the ring on them. Mm-hmm. See, nobody knows their place anymore, Bob. I knew my place. My job was to do what I've done for 41 years, to do everything I could to make great Muda look good. And and and, and that, you know what's funny, Laura? You'll love this. When we got out of the ring, we came to the back, and he hugged me, and he said, you talk too much. <laughs> what, he told me. Oh, what a great compliment from great uh, Exactly. Exactly. Well, you I said, uh, and with. your point is, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 listen, oh, he may not ever work me again, but I was going to keep him out there because Absolutely. this is a once in a lifetime thing right. um, for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, this is great yeah. Muda. You know, you, you get to sing with Elva. Laura, you get to sing with a monkey. You're going to make this right. last. You know what right. I'm saying? Absolutely. Makes sense. So even Makes Sonny sense. Ono said, man, you should have gave that mic back to the announcer. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I bet y'all wish I would. <laughs> exactly. I still had more to say, Bob, before they cut me off. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked by that, George, at all. I'm not oh, shocked man, by that yeah, at all. I got all. a great mood look at me in the eye. We ain't going home no time no. soon. I hear you. I hear you. Um, that kind of leads me. Bob, in a, a, a beginning of the match, he, wanted, he was worried about who was going to be babyface, Laura, and who was going to be heel. And it was kind of <laughs> comical trying to explain to him that you're like great Muda. Does it really right. matter what I am? You know, yeah. <laughs> in other words, Sonny Ono was telling him that he was putting way too much salt into this. Cause right. Because right. right. we were telling him, Muda, all you got to do is just go to the ring. I'll do just the ring. Just stand there. Right. You just stand in the corner. So that was a pretty special moment for me. Kind of uh, leads me into into my last question for you, George. Earlier today, a uh, video was dropped by AML Wrestling, a very stoic uh, introspective, retrospective uh, piece with you involved in it, uh, talking about your I Quit match with C.W. Anderson and the loss of the championship and a loss of something out of yourself. George, how much longer do you want to continue to be an active competitor? I mean, you've said it yourself. If you reach a certain point, you don't know how, right. how much time is left or how many miles are in the tank. Uh, right. What are your thoughts tonight? Well, you know, Bob, Laura, and, and I love y'all both so much, but as I look back, I and I know y'all would understand this, a lot of people don't, but I've missed uh, so many birthdays. Uh, I've missed so many proms. Uh, I've missed so many uh, just special family moments with my kids. And, you, you know, you always hear that your kids are stronger than than you know you think they are and they can take a lot and it's 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 crazy how life is because they all my kids they're so blessed and they're doing good and they and they it's funny because if I'm home two days in a row they think something's wrong Bob you know because they're so used to me being on the road but but I got grandbabies now and 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 that's hard I mean it's hard it's hard with my twins and and all that, of course, when they were little, all even little George. But and I still do a lot of apologizing, Bob, that I missed first dances. I missed because I had to, you know, and they understood that I was paying the bills, and that's how I that's how I went to work. But I've got five grandbabies coming along, and right. they don't understand that, Laura. They don't, and they're also active in sports and and and. That they, you know, and here's what's amazing, Bob. Uh, they've all got not because we spoiled them, but they've all got like Michaela, who Laura, she's grown up with you. You, you've been there since day one. Right? Oh yeah. But she's got a cell yeah. phone now. She's in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and and it ain't. And she doesn't misuse it, but she can call me anytime she wants to. Right. So she can text me anytime she wants to. So for me, being on the road. 41 years, and and I'm not saying I ever got over that period with my children, but now it's like, wow, you're talking about Groundhog Day. You know, Michaela, I'm on right. the road. Michaela texts me and says, Papa, do you want to go to McDonald's? And and I have to say, honey, I won't be home for two or three days. So, so oh, my goodness. Now, right. younger age than I was with the kids then, I could handle it. But now, I don't know. I really don't, and 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 uh, I mean my body feels good, but I'm gonna tell you, even Magnum told me, and and you know I I love him to death. He said, man, that that I quit match with Tully took something out of him, and and 
I mean, I, I, it did me. And so I'm just, you know, I ain't rushing into nothing. I'm not making a decision that I'm going to regret. I'm not one of these guys that's going to walk away and, you know, come back 400 times. It's just my focus right now is, 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 is these grandbabies. And, right. uh, you know, Bob, and I know that sounds corny, but I'm just trying to, man, I'm trying to, I, I think what, what I'm trying to do is make up for a lot of lost time, Bob. Right. I don't know right. if a pro wrestler can ever do that. Uh, right. I mean, I, I, I talked to my twins today and I, you know, in the middle of conversation, I told Abigail, you know, and Scarlett that I was sorry for missing, you know, their first prom, you know, I was, in Florida somewhere wrestling, and they kind of laugh about it now. You know, mm-hmm. they, they tell me that, you know, that made us strong. <laughs> you know, it made us the strong kids that we are, and we kind of joke about it. But, but man, I, I, I don't know. When it comes time for, you know, Michaela's first dance and, and Dallas is, oh, my goodness. So so there's a lot going on right now. Uh, I understand. The, the, uh, I, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was very heartfelt. You know what was wild? is over 5,000 people's watched that video uh, hmm. that I did. My wow. only regret, Laura, is I didn't have my book in my hand. What am I doing? Your your water. I should have had my water. I should have had yes. my water in my other hand <laughs> and my T-shirt on. Gosh, see, I'm still learning how this business works. Yeah, you, you should have had Tracy we should have put it at my gimmick table. What am I exactly? Exactly. Put a little uh, one of them scrolling things underneath that says, uh, "For all things George South, visit www.georgesouth.com." Yeah. Lord said I should have did it with a Domino's pizza shirt on. I should have at least sold sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, oh my god! I ain't got a clue what I'm doing in this wrestling. Yeah. I should have went. I should have took a month. And sold sponsorships. That's it. And then went out there and done it. Went out there and changed shirts. I should have had it all over my clothes like NASCAR guy does. That's what I should have did. You went out there in a jumpsuit with a bunch of different sponsorships on? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I should have said first. Bob, I should have had you say first. This very sentimental message is brought to you by Little Caesars. Right. <laughs> Laura, and we'd have you singing the theme song, okay, of some car dealership. That's what yep. I should have done. So yep. I'm still oh, But no, Bob, I ain't making lie. I, I mean, I, I'm telling right. you that my body's always hurt, but, you know, I still love packing the bag, and, and, and I don't know anything else. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm afraid of, Laura, is – and right. Most of you know, I grad I graduated high school on a Friday, and they threw me in the ring like the next day. And literally, right. and I've had little part time jobs till it kicked in. But pro wrestling's all I've ever it's all I've ever done. It's all I've ever right. known. And I, I don't know. I think that scares me more than anything. Is is there something else out there? And I don't know if I'm brave enough right yet. Because it looks like Jessica Simpson ain't going to give me a call, Bob. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Dad Burns, she done got married yeah. on me and everything else. Well, so, yeah. you, uh, you know how it goes. You know, I don't know if that's in my future, but yeah. Uh, no, Laura, I, there's just so much, man. My, you know, uh, but you know, I take it one step at a time, and I know that uh, CW Steve Carino's watched the match, and and I love him to death, and. 
you know, Shane Douglas made that. I can't wait for y'all to see it. Shane, who I love to death, is just, so you're talking about a history. Uh, yeah. Do you know that Shane Douglas's first match for Dusty was in Atlanta, Georgia? I think I told you this too, Laura. I don't remember anymore. But anyway, J.J. Dillon comes up to me and he says, we got, the, we got a good-looking baby face coming in here from Pittsburgh that's going to be special. He can do anything. And we want mm-hmm. you to get him over, George, strong. I said, well, I said, I'd be honored to. And then J.J. says, but the problem is you only got six seconds. Mm-hmm. I said, what? So, of course, they were running out of time because some of the matches right. had went long. So his right. debut match went six seconds with me. And I always joke with him, and I did this weekend. I said, I think I did a good job because you've had like a 40-year run. So maybe I did my <laughs> job that time, Bob. He oh, said, man, that seems that. like a lifetime ago. And I said, it was. So his first his first debut, they only gave him six seconds. So he I took, felt like, took, I, you know, I tried to do what I could in six seconds. But, but he he made a 40-year career out of a six-second debut. That's crazy. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I was ready Al Snow's because, you know, my first match with Al Snow, Cornette hated it. So they made yeah. it, he made us go back out there and do that again. We yeah. always laugh about that. I mean, we didn't get a break. Uh, yeah. Al, Al Snow debuted Smoky Mountain, good-looking heel. Going to tag him with, you know, Unibom and Luther's Kane. And so I go out there, and we go 15 minutes on Smoky Mountain TV, and Cornette hated it. We came back, said, I want you both to go. Right back out there and do it again. I'm thinking, uh, can I take a drink of water first? Right. So we, did. we went right back out there and did it again and got it right the second time. So so I'm still just taking, you know, I'm spending every second I can with the kids uh, and the grandbabies. You know, hard thing for me being an old wrestler is Michaela's getting to the, that she'll be going into ninth grade and it started this year that we're, she kind of oh, don't want the old rascal pawpaw around anymore. She does, but she's got her friends, you know. Right. And I try to convince her, Laura, you'd love it. I said, Michaela, I'm like the most over pawpaw in the world, okay? Exactly. You so are. If, if you just let me eat lunch with you, I'll have a meeting out of the palm of my hand, okay? That's so, it. So, that is well, it. We're in negotiations with that. that uh, so she hasn't agreed to it yet, but I'm still, I'm still trying. George, uh, we couldn't have thought of a better way to uh, help close out our run than by having you come on the show again and, and, and to share the knowledge that you have and the stories. We always have a, a tremendous, tremendous time. It's been uh, an absolute honor and a privilege to be welcomed into the world of wrestling and allow us to come behind the curtain respectfully. Uh, and we, we owe you a debt of gratitude that I Speaking for myself can never repay. Thank you. Uh, so thank thank you so much for allowing thank us you. that courtesy, and we hope that we we did right. We hope that we did justice, and we hope that we left it better than when we found it. Amen. Amen. You you both did. And Laura, before we go, I just want to say a little two second prayer for both of you. Could I do that, Bob? If you don't Ab- mind, absolutely. Please do. Man. Yeah, please. Yeah, let me do that. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for these two special friends, for Bob and for Laura and for their their, their success here with this podcast. Lord, they've got so much planned for the future, and I just thank you for their friendship, and I thank you for their life. In Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Amen. Thank you all so much. Amen. Bob, I love you. you. I'll still still be 
uh, trying to message Laura at three in the morning, wondering where she's at because I asked a question about some wrestler. You know. So. <laughs> right. Awesome. Bob, can you believe she won't even answer her phone at three in the morning? Can you believe? I don't that? know why. So, I have no clue. I, know. I have no idea. No, like, Nuts. But listen, I, Nuts. I love both of you, and I honestly mean that when I say it. You know, Dusty used to talk about when him and Wahoo would get around the campfire sometimes you know, some outdoor show, and they'd just sit around, and he said, man, it'd be daybreak before they even realized, you know, uh, 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 the time flew by, and that's how I've always felt with y'all. It's just that we, you know, it, it, it's kind of neat, I think, to have those friendships, and y'all are doing my favorite. I mean, we could, I could sit around and talk to y'all all day long, and uh, thank y'all for being patient. Poor Laura, I think I've told her every story eight times, so... Uh, <laughs> So, Bobby, if we ever do another one, we can interview her, and she can be me, because she knows every story <laughs> I've told, I think. <laughs> I hear you, George. I hear you. Again, well, I love both thank, of you, and I'll love continue you to thank pray you. for you. I'm going to see you all at the matches, and, and, you know, we'll sit there and critique every match on the card like we do. We do that pretty good. <laughs> so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, George. God bless, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I love both of you. Have a good night. Love thank you. You too, sir. Thank you. There goes the one and the only Mr. Number One, George South. And this is where we usually pause in the show uh, to run our little promo and all that other stuff, but we're not going to do that tonight. I am going to let all of our listeners know uh, that we will more than likely run over time. So if the live feed drops, you will be able to hear this show, the rest of this show, in its entirety on www.fnx.network. It'll also be available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, and all those other great podcast platforms. But I just wanted to let everybody know uh, that uh, we are going to run over because there are a couple people that I want to bring on the show. Yeah, uh, hey, Bob, have, yeah. real quick, can we bring uh, Chris on just real quick because he's kind of pressed for time. He just wanted yeah, to, let's, Chris, let's see. can you bring I, him on I, just real quick? I think, uh, I think this is the right number. I let me I think this is it's, it. Let's it's a three three six number. Okay. I got you. Let's see here. This should be Mr. Chris Riddle, should it not? For one final time, it's great to be joining the greatest wrestling mind of the twenty first century and Bunkhouse Bob. And Bob. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Riddle. I would have expected nothing less from you. My social you know, media influencer friend. After all these years, I've got just a little bit going on these days. But mm-hmm. first of all, there's no way in Jesus' name, no pun intended, that I could ever follow that interview you guys just had because that was the greatest audio interview I've heard in years. So kudos to you guys. That was incredible. I was Thank sat you in my very car just like enthralled with that. Second of all, I just wanted to call in real quick and thank you guys for everything over the years that you've done for me, that you've done for indie wrestling, that you've done for women's indie wrestling. Um, A lot of people don't know the friendship that we have outside of this show (laughs) to the point where Laura and I were texting, what, at like 11, 12 o'clock last night, I think, about something. (laughs) And uh, I just wanted to call in and say I love you guys and you're forever in my heart. You guys are actually up in my living room. So thank you all so much for what for what you've done for all of us. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. We thank do. you. That's uh, that means a lot coming from you. I know that you've got a lot of irons in the fire, some big things yep. coming up, and uh, 
obviously, you know, since day one uh, on both sides, you know, for Lori and I, I wish you nothing but the absolute best of success. Uh, don't forget about us small folks while you're dancing on the backs of the broke, you know, climbing your way up the ladder of success. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. It's, uh, it's, it's truly means a lot coming from you. And I've, I've said this on this thank show you. before because you, you, you do so much. I said that if anybody was ever looking for a guy like the quote unquote WWE to work in video hype packages, all that other stuff, you were missing out on probably the greatest hype video guy in the history of hype videos. And that's Chris Riddle. So make sure Absolutely. you uh, check him out. Uh, find him on social media. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. And just a little tease, you, you may be seeing another one of those very soon with somebody. So a couple of, okay. like Bob said, just a, just, a, just a few irons in the pot and, you know, maybe a little television series. But, you know, besides that, oh, nothing's really going on. Okay. Oh, my. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank <laughs> you so much, Chris. Well, I love you guys. Thank you. And shout out to George and the Gray Lobster. And the only regret I've ever had about this show is that we've never heard from the greatest character that could have been Carrie Junk from the Hidden Valley Ranch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other show unto itself. Hmm. (laughs) And one final thing I want to ask you guys, one final question before you go. I know you're pressed for time. Just wanted to ask, do you guys know who the F Red Friend Zone is? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you know? <laughs> thank you, Chris. All right. I love you guys and thank you so much for everything. And hey, guys, take a vacation, get some rest. Yeah. We're going to. Absolutely. We're going to. All Absolutely. right, Chris. We'll talk soon. See you guys soon. Right. Love you both. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. There goes uh, Chris Riddle. I've got another call that's holding here before we, uh, or no, I, yeah, I do. Hold on one second here. I'm not sure who this is. I'm going to go on and grab this one real quick, too, before we get George and uh, and the, the doc on. Uh, 910, you're on with Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Goodness <laughs> gracious, what in the world? Okay, I don't know what is going on here. The world has gone crazy today. I look online and see a crazy video from George, and now you guys are calling it quits, too. This could only be one reason. Laura, what have you done to make George want to leave? Oh, my Lord. And what would you do, Laura? Huh? Answer me. The world wants to know, Laura. Big Big diggity daddy Lane Dawson is on the line, and I want to know what you done did, Laura. I've not done a thing. I ain't I can not in my own business. I had nothing. That's a dangle, man. <laughs> First For, of all, uh, we know that's a lie. Bob, yeah. how's it going, well, big dog? I- it's, it is going well. It is going well for listeners that may not be familiar with the voice. On the line with us is uh, YouTube sensation NWA star Zane Dawson of the Dawson Brothers. Right. Not anymore, brother. Um, but uh, no, no, no. I just wanted to call in and give a, a, a hard time to Laura, tell y'all 
We appreciate everything you've done, Biggity Bob. How you doing? I I know you I know you're ready for this break, aren't you? Yeah, it's been a long road, brother. Yeah. Long road. I hear you. I hear you. Well, look. From me personally, I know I come on here and talk junk to all y'all, but I just want to say thank you for every time y'all let me come on here and run my mouth about whoever I was wrestling and stupid idiot wrestlers. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed your interview with George, and George, I love you, and I love y'all, and y'all, I guess, best of luck to everything that's going in the future, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, Zane. Certainly appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. Thank you so much. Definitely, of course, of course. Well, y'all enjoy the evening, and we'll be looking forward to the next thing you got coming. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll see you in a match. All I'm right. sure to have you. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way, Laura. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Zane. All right, Bob. Y'all have a good one. All right. You too, Bob. Bye. Bye. <laughs> There goes, uh, again, like I said, YouTube sensation and star of the NWA. See, the stars are all coming out tonight, Mr. Zane Dawson. I want to go on at this time, and I would like to bring on to the program the co-executive producer of this show, Mr. George Coles. And I'd like to bring on uh, also the good doctor, Dr. Guzeltron, is joining us. Again, folks, just as a quick reminder, there's only 10 minutes left in the live stream, but the show will be in its entirety a little bit later this evening on FNX Network, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that are the good stuff. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Bob. How are the three of you doing uh, after that uh, wild interview? That, uh, was yeah, that was a blast. That's, um, you know, that's that right there for me is a culmination of six years worth of work is what exactly mm-hmm. that was because it wasn't yeah. work. It was a lot of laughs and it was just like what George had said uh, on his post, just like three friends sitting on the porch talking about wrestling. And that's what it really is. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm good. Mr. Coles, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, it's not often that, that I'm the second best George that's on the show, but I'm more than happy to be it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I guess we're at a point, folks, where, you know, the meat and potatoes is is pretty much done because, you know, that's what we do. That's what that's what we have done is, is spotlighted folks in professional wrestling. And as I had said at the beginning of this program, this is our final episode of Live from Arm- Armory Wrestling Show. After 300 episodes in six years, it's time to uh, time to turn the lights out. And I asked both Chris and George uh, to come on the show. And uh, if they cared to, Chris, you could go first. If you had anybody you'd like to thank or anything you'd like to say about your experience uh, on coming on the show, I should say doctor, uh, before <laughs> anything else happens. Come on now. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go on and kick it over to you, Doc. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to mention this evening? Uh, there is. I'll try to keep this quick. I made some notes so I could hopefully keep this brief. But I actually realized something as George South started his interview, and I was thinking about the approach you guys took. Kind of the way you let people see people in independent wrestling. And the word people is important, 
because we did one of the kayfabe couch segments about why fans kind of were acting so horribly to wrestlers, and we talked about this idea of dehumanization. And what I realized is the way you and Laura and George always approach your interviews is you try to give whomever you're talking with the opportunity to show a side of themselves that people might not get to see. And so you actually end up thinking about that person not as, you know, oh, they're a wrestler, they're a referee, they're this, they're that. They're a person. So one thing you did is you really, in a really maybe unintentional way, but in a real way, found a way to work against that whole depersonalization idea and helps help the listeners see the people on your show as people. You know, see them as oh, they're people, they're kinda like me and help make those connections and all that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um Thank you. as far as my experience in the show, so you've you threw my first name out there, so it's I don't sound like this guy named Chris Dickinson because of some weird voice therapy. We're actually one and the same. So if anyone's listened to this and said, oh, he sounds like Chris Dickinson, it's because I is. Um, <laughs> because he is Chris Dickinson. <laughs> Check not, out the bag. Not the yeah, one known as Dirty Daddy. <laughs> someone who happens to share yeah. the same name. Um, one thing I want to say is thank you so much for giving the op- me the opportunity to kind of be a scientist and talk about pro wrestling kind of like a scientist and just think about how we can take the science of psychology and use it to talk about stuff and maybe think about stuff in a different way. And one thing I really want to say is, you know, we had our discussions and discussions leading up to them. You guys call me the expert. Um, and grant that I, I'm sure I did stay in school longer than anyone else on the show. But I think, you know, in terms of those conversations, we were always equals. I never thought of myself as the expert. You, know, you and Laura and George were always equals in those conversations and in whatever got contributed. And so I don't know if anyone actually listened to those, but I hope some people listen to those K-Fabe couch segments and found them interesting, and they can always tweet the great lobster and say, hey, I found that interesting, or you're an idiot, or whatever. <laughs> um, right. And on a lighter note, even though I'm not that kind of psychologist, I enjoyed having the opportunity to pretend to cure you, Bob, of a case of conversion disorder <laughs> you pretended to be suffering from, after I pretended to stalk you while pretending to be a stalker with a really strange voice. Well, Jesus, let's just break the fourth wall, Chris, on the show. I mean, you know, it, yeah, whatever. No, it's well, cool. Like, like anyone was actually fooled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, we uh, certainly appreciate uh, your contributions, and uh, and we'll get to that. And uh, it has been, been a pleasure. Thank thank you so much. And certainly appreciate it. Uh, um, somebody that... He, he was close. He was close to staying in school as long as you, but and he does have a degree. He's a doctor of thugonomics, the uh, the co-executive producer of this show, Mr. Coles. Mr. Coles, uh, what's on your mind? Well, well, much like uh, Chris had to do, I have to come out with my real name. Uh, for all these years, I've actually uh, 
Falls Mahoney Jr. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, in all, DNA in test honesty, pending. Yeah, in all, in all honesty, um, we we had met on a, a previous podcast and made quick friends there, and it was a no-brainer to stay friends and go the route that you guys decided to go and keep with you guys and this this has been one fantastic trip. I, I mentioned it last week and uh, I felt like the Paul Romo of the Four Horsemen just getting to ride along with some of the greats uh, as they do it and uh, doing <laughs> doing what I've done and trying to help out in the process and seeing the little bit that I do compared to knowing what you guys have to go through. Uh, I just want to I want to break this down for people that that say, you know, these guys are leaving. This sounds like fun. It's got to be super easy. For every person we get on the podcast, we get two people that say no and two people that just don't answer us at all. And it's super disappointing and it's super frustrating, especially when you know you could help somebody get their name out, that we've helped people get their name out. And we don't invite people that we don't want on the show. We invite people that we like, that we find interesting. And I know, I know you two both feel the same way because I know you've got more than I have. Because I, I'll send emails out and you never hear from somebody back. It's, you know, it's, it's. There's a lot more work that goes into podcasts than it, than it seems, and you guys make it seem effortless. Is basically what I'm trying to get at is all the effort put in behind the scenes to make this podcast as effortless sounding as it is, is astounding. And I, I would commend both you and Laura on that. Uh, Chris, you've been a great friend. You've been the guy I've bounced a bunch of things off of has bounced things off of me. I always like your takes. You've, uh, you got a great head on your shoulders. Um, I'd be remiss if I, Oh, you're definitely welcome. I'd, I'd be remiss if I I, for, I didn't say thank you to some of our other friends, uh, Ryan and Kane at FNX. You guys always supported the show, always supported me. You guys are awesome. Uh, the ladies over at Turnbuckle Cupcakes, you guys are amazing as well. Um, Kim over at Ignite Wrestling, <laughs> what a fantastic person and a fantastic human being she is. Uh, the entire $5 crew, um, Michael Rose. Who, who gave us some some of the best music that we ever heard for a podcast. It's kind of musicians, my favorite rapper, and Laura's uh, arch nemesis for a time, True God, who's uh, been a very good friend <laughs> since the show began. <laughs> I yeah. know what yes. that guy's name is. I have no clue. <laughs> and, and, and I'd be remiss I'd be remiss if I didn't say Chris, I've seen all the nice things. Chris Riddle, I've seen all the nice things you posted about us. I love you to death, my friend. And I, there is no one that deserves the success that you're having right now more than you do. You've grinded away, and you're one of the most talented human beings that I know. The whole world is open for you in the future, as it is for, for, for you guys as well. I appreciate you guys dragging me along on this, uh, sometimes kicking and screaming. Sometimes I'm the old man yelling at the yard. Sometimes I'm the uh, 
the guy in the yard needs to get yelled at because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> I appreciate you guys for being friends and being family more than anything else. Absolutely, George. Thank, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, now I guess I get to turn it over to the co-hostess with the co-mostess, Laura. Well, um, I've got kind of a lengthy one, and I know that's a big shocker. Um, you know, I'd like to thank Brian Kanabrowski because I think that had it not been for his early support, and, I mean, he was our first guest, I I think, you know, he helped us get a foot in the door with PWX, and uh, I'd like to thank the entire PWX roster. Uh, we've had just about everybody on who's wrestled for PWX, and I think that helped us tremendously uh, get the word out about what, who we were and what we what we did and what we were doing. Um, I like to thank Cedric Alexander. Uh, he was our second guest, and he didn't have to come on. He was getting ready to have uh, the biggest career, uh, the biggest match of his career at the time uh, with uh, AJ Styles. You know, mm-hmm. um, didn't have to come on our show, but he did. And uh, had you know, um, I miss Cedric. I, I, I really and truly do. Uh, I miss our. Uh, little quarrels that we would have and, and the time that Chris Hero knocked the crap out of him and he fell down on me. So, um, yeah, I missed that. Um, Kane and Ryan from FNX, um, heard of, you know, I don't even know, maybe Bob, you know how they found us, uh, but they, they took a chance with a little indie podcast and, uh, helped us reach so many people that we, pro- we would not have, uh, had it not been for us being on uh, the FNN, FNX network. Um, I'd like to thank God I'm not from West Virginia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'd like to thank Rand McNally for making uh, an atlas and maps, even though Bob never <laughs> um, atlas. What's the map? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, wait, wait. God made Teddy Atlas, right? And Tony Atlas. Yes. Teddy Atlas, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's a little tidbit. Fun fact, y'all. If you're a female, do not take your shoes off around Tony Atlas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just saying. Just throw, just throw that out there. I think we would be remiss if we did not thank this person and this person, Bob and I have, you know, gone out of our way not to mention this person's name on this show just because of issues in the past. But I really think we have to thank the mass tweeter. Had the internet wrestling express not come along and I had not called in and Bob had not called in and George had not called in. uh, I don't think we'd have lives in the armory. That's so, true. Um, I, you know, I just want to thank him for um, seeing that, for whatever reason, you and I have great chemistry uh, on the air. Um, and it, I think it was just one of those really organic kind of things that just happened. And 
you know, you and I were super nervous, you know, in 2014 when we started this because yeah. we didn't know if we were going to fall on our face or not. Um, but we didn't. We just kind of tripped and stumbled and kept our kept our momentum going, kind of like Daffy Duck, Duck in that Robin Hood cartoon, you know, uh, and trip and trip and trip and trip. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I would like to thank Dina for always calling in and uh, scaring poor Jeff Hart half to death. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I think that was a wonderful thing. Um, I'd like to thank Chris Riddle uh, for being a wonderful friend. And being very supportive of us, and just being uh, an all-around great human being, uh, George. You know, I think you're coming to WrestleCade this year. Um, you'll you'll get to meet Chris, and Chris is an experience that has to be experienced in person. <laughs> in Technicolor. <laughs> in, yes, in Technicolor. Uh, before you can really get a great idea of, of the magnificence of Chris Riddle. Um, yeah. The, um, I, one really quick story I, I want to tell. Um, it was WrestleCade. I can't remember what year. It might have been the first year that, that you came um, because David wasn't, uh, boy band wasn't, um, he wasn't, he wasn't a grown man yet. Mm-mm. And, uh, I am not sure how we were sitting in the middle of Mellow Mushroom in Winston-Salem, and I am not exactly sure how we got on the uh, the subject of Fred Flintstone, but mm-hmm. how he did, uh, I'm not sure. But somehow, I don't think David knew who Fred Flintstone was, and I just turned around and I said, you don't know who the fuck Fred Flintstone is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I and so that's a little inside joke that we've had running. I even bought him a little Fred Flintstone little chef thing, um, <clears throat> little blush. Uh, so that's where that joke comes from, in case you're wondering. Uh, I'd like to thank the ladies at uh, Turnbuckle Cupcakes. They've been a great supporter of ours. Um, Brandy and Julianne have just been absolutely wonderful people. Uh, I had the pleasure of you know meeting them at a WrestleCade, and they brought up. Uh, cupcakes, you know, in uh, our honor, uh, some great stuff. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping uh, that these ladies uh, go very far with their business because they make a great product. They're, they're wonderful uh, bakers and very in, ingenious and inventive. So, And they're delicious cupcakes. They yes, are. They, they sure are. Um wanted to thank uh, Tracy Myers and and Brian Hawks for always being uh, so good to us uh, at WrestleCade uh, and at, and you know on the show uh, coming in. I you know it's gonna be funny not having a road to WrestleCade in November um, because that's just kind of part of life. You know it's, we're get, we're on the road to WrestleCade, y'all. Um, so. Thanks, guys, for you know being our friends and and always treating us as equals. Um, uh, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to you, Chris, for coming on and 
uh, I know this was, a, uh, you know, it was a wacky idea and uh, to have, you know, the K-Fabe couch, uh, you know, entertaining that idea and, and being part of the experiment. And I think, you know, it was, it was a different take. I don't think anyone has done it uh, at all uh, in incorporating because there was just, I think there's, well, we said it ad nauseum on this program that there is ring psychology is lacking. It's like George was talking about, you know, you hit me, I'm going to go down. Or Terry Funk, somebody's got to fall. Somebody's got to fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for uh, putting up with the insanity of this show um, that um, it can be, it get really crazy and hectic sometimes. And just want to thank you. And uh, thank you to uh, George, one pole, two pole, three pole, four pole, call me, uh, for um, working as hard as he has on this show. Uh, George does a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He does our Twitter. He did our Twitter poll. He always did our graphics and was always, uh, you know, wanting to help and jumping in and. And when I couldn't be a co-host, I couldn't be here for whatever reason, uh, he would always, you know, jump in and, and pick up the co-hosting duties. And the same thing when Bob couldn't be on the on the air, he he would always jump in and and always brought a a wonderfully different perspective to wrestling than what Bob and I have. Um, even though he is greatly mistaken thinking that the that the Dudley Warriors uh, are better than the Road Warriors. I mean, come I on. knew you were going to take it. I knew you couldn't uh, make it through well, the show without right, saying it. I mean, the Steiner I brothers mean, are. Yeah. Oh my! Are you kidding me? God. Oh Rich Jesus! Is not <laughs> oh. <laughs> you must have fallen and bumped your head, Doc. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'd, I'd really appreciate it, you know your friendship, George. You've been a really great friend. And I'm I'm looking forward in November to actually meeting you, you know, um, as you know, physically. Uh, I think uh, you're going to really enjoy Wrestle K. We have a ball, and it's more than just the wrestling. It's like a family reunion, uh, getting to see everybody. Um, I'd also like to thank John Walsh for being my honey bunny for always listening to this program, uh, even right before we started dating, he, he was listening to this program. And he always gives me uh, great advice uh, when, you know, he's even come up with a couple of topics that we've talked about on the show um, and, has, you know, given me pointers. And I just want to say that I am so appreciative of you being in my life. And, I owe it to wrestling because if it hadn't been for wrestling, we wouldn't have met. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And I love you. And um, to to Bunkhouse Bob, to Bunkbed Bob, Ryan Martell's nickname for you, um, I, I just want to tell everybody that this man is really – has worked hard on this show, and I've said it before, and I think people thought I was joking, he's worked much harder on this show than I have, because he is the one that puts together the show log, 
uh, comes up with, I, I come up with questions too, but you know, sometimes he said like, uh, Laura, uh, I need your questions. Um, you know, you know, sometime, you know, before Wednesday. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I do appreciate, you know, everything you've done for this show and, and taking on, uh, and taking a chance, um, especially with a woman, because it is so hard to be taken seriously in in wrestling. Even if, you know, I'm not a wrestler, I'm not a valet, I'm not anything like that. It's It's been really hard uh, to be taken seriously. Uh, if you don't believe me, just check out the show where the guy at Michael's made a big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> um but I do thank you for all your hard work, and I want people to know that you you do an incredible you've done an incredible amount of work on this show, and I do appreciate it, and I appreciate your friendship. Uh, we always have a blast at Russell K. There's always something um, that happens, like last year talking with George, like we did, and mm-hmm. that's another thing I would you know I meant to do your thank you last, but I. I kind of got in a hurry. And George South, I just want to thank him for being such a wonderful friend. And, yeah. you know, I've said this before. I'm I'm a little girl that lives in Appalachian Mountains who never in her life would have thought that George South, the, the guy she watched on Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling growing up, would be messaging her at 1 o'clock in the morning asking, you know, like, if I was up late, are you okay? You know, here he is breaking down a wrestling truck at one o'clock in the morning, coming back from wherever, wanting to know if I'm okay. You know, so it's just surreal. And and I just want to thank George for being such a wonderful friend and for allowing us, you know, um, to be a part a part of wrestling, however small it it's been, because um, we're not wrestlers, we're not managers, we're not any of that. Um, you know, thank you, George. And I'm going to shut up, Bob, so you can have the floor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I knew eventually that this night, this episode would come. There are so many people to thank, and I will, and that's why I wrote this down, because each and everyone who helped or contributed deserves to be recognized. Doing this show each week has touched me more and allowed me to grow not only as a wrestling fan, but as a person. A huge part of that growth has come from my co-host, Laura. As fate would have it, in a random click on a link to another wrestling podcast in 2013, I would meet one of the best friends that I've had in my life. Laura taught me that it was okay to laugh at myself, to look at things from a different perspective, And that wrestling fandom is just a portion of her life. Incredibly talented in many areas, she has been the one constant sounding board that has allowed me to be me and just didn't agree with me because it sounded good. We agreed on many things and disagreed on others, but there has always been a mutual respect that truly runs deeper than words. Laura is far most the the most intelligent and knowledgeable wrestling fan I have ever met. She is the true wrestling genius of this show. She always has been. We've shared incredible joys, complete mark out moments, 
and we've shared the pains that this life hands us from time to time. For Laura, I am truly grateful. I've always said that I would not do this show without her, and that's the cool thing about this is that we are leaving together just the way we started together. Thank you, Laura. I love you. Thank you, you, Bobby. Go make him cry. He has been the butt of a majority of my jokes. He has been the guy to blame, to look for a cheap (laughs) pop or a shot. He is George Coles. George is the kind of guy you cannot not like. I mean, he oozes machismo. Ladies want to be with him. You, You get my point. Here's the thing. George doesn't need Google when I'm asking him about New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ring of Honor or a lot of things he just knows. He has tirelessly worked on graphics for us. His Twitter polls will live on forever on the Internet. And his willingness to step up when Laura and I could not be here uh, was never in question. He has become a valued friend in my life. One day, my journeys will take me to Sebring, Florida, or George will come up to Wrestle Cave, whichever happens first. And we will meet. That's a day you can count on. George, thank you so much for everything. I appreciate you. Um, to uh, Ryan and so Kane. Welcome, my friend. Yeah. To Ryan and Kane at FNX, how do you tell two guys thank you for taking a chance on a fledgling show and putting us on FNX Network and putting us over? I mean, literally putting us on overseas. Because of our affiliation with FNX, we reached an audience that we – never would have, and one I frankly never dreamed of. Because of their willingness, we were able to interview guests from Australia and Germany. We we received help from our Australian wrestling family and from people who are no longer with us. Thank you, Josh Armour. We miss you. Ryan and Kane never asked us to change anything about the show. Never criticized us for an episode that was obviously not our best work, nor asked us to conform in any way. We had complete creative control. For all the times I bitched that we could never lock down a major sponsor, I was wrong. We had one the whole time in FNX Network. Thank you so much. One of the additions that we did this year was to have Chris Dickens come on and talk about the psychological aspects of wrestling topics. We felt that the segments might offer something that other shows weren't, an intellectual look at what makes us tick as fans, as people, and why we react the way we do. We had some great conversations with the old doc, and more importantly, Chris has become a great supporter of this show. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate the opportunity and the friendship. I'd like to thank Top Rope Belts for being one of those companies that was willing to do cross promotions when others said no. The concept was simple. We plug your product, and in turn, they put a link for the show on their website. You'd be surprised how foreign a concept that this was to other potential vendors. There still seems to be an air of mistrust in this area. I believe there is room for all if we are willing to take a step out in faith. I would encourage other wrestling-related businesses to work with one another because it does work. Thank you to Randy and all the crew. To Brandy and Julianne at Turnbuckle Cupcakes, two incredibly talented ladies whom have stayed the course in spite of what life has thrown them. You are proof that creativity, passion, and perseverance are wins on every level. My hope for you is that you take this business to the next level. I would love nothing more than to see Turnbuckle Cupcakes 
at multiple promotions or in a retail store in the future. To Kim Artlip of Ignite Wrestling, who treated us like family, constantly promoting our show to her fan base. Luke Hawks of Wildcat Sports, whom has always been a class yeah. act, asking us how the presentation of something looked. He is also our first cease and desist order from AJ Styles' manager before signing with the WWE, and that's a 100% shoot. Tracy Myers and Brian Hawks of AML Wrestling, whom went above and beyond in all areas to make sure we always had the experience of a lifetime at any event we attended put on by them. Thank you. To Brian Kanabroski of PWX Wrestling, whom early on in the show's beginnings helped us with access to talents and saw what we were trying to do. To Maureen Tracy of the NWA for helping facilitate the Dave Lagana interview before NWA Power took off. Thank you. Thanks to the population of Burke County, North Carolina, whom allowed us to believe in $5 heroes, especially Big Donnie. I'd like to thank the incredibly talented Michael Rose for his musical contributions. Michael wrote, performed, and recorded our main intro music a number of years ago. Michael, who has been featured in several mainstream publications and has music available on iTunes, does all this without the use of his hands and has been an invaluable contributor to this show. Jeff Williams, for the past couple of years, has helped with audio contributions and mixing audio snippets of the show with Michael's music. He's the voice that you hear at the beginning and at the end of every episode, and I'd like to thank him uh, for his work on the program. I'd like to thank all of the guests, all of those within the wrestling community that welcomed us with open arms and took a chance on us. For every no we ever got in asking for an interview, we got yes back tenfold. Our reputation for being prepared, having our guests' best interests at heart, and being willing to talk to those who wanted to get their thoughts, their journey out there to the fans is what has carried us. We talked to everybody we possibly could to cover all aspects of independent professional wrestling, from promoters to performers, photographers, graphic artists, game makers, and even merch table gurus. We left no stone unturned. There is no way I could list them all here, but to each one of you, thank you a thousand times over. Several of our early guests are now on your TV every week. Some are no longer with us. Some have retired, and some are waiting on their big break. I look over those who have been on this show, and it's mind-boggling to me. Since the launch of the show, we've had over 370 guests. Over 24 guests are now signed to a major televised wrestling company. We've had hours of discussion, and most importantly, we've had a lot of fun. We were invited behind the curtain, and we were allowed to stay. Some get that same invitation and disrespect it. They don't honor the trust and respect that comes with that invitation. We were told things in confidence that were never repeated in public. I'm a firm believer that our integrity, our commitment to the old school mentality that when you give your word on something, that it still means something, and that in this business, that mentality is still respected. To all of you, thank you for including us in this crazy, wonderful world of wrestling. To our listeners, without you, there was no show. If you listened for five minutes or five years, we thank you. I know some episodes were incredible, others incredibly painful to get through, and a couple, mm-hmm. we'd, like to for- <laughs> and a couple we'd like to forget but you stuck with us. 
Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your wrestling experience. We said from day one that the goal of this show was to introduce you to a new wrestler, a new promotion, a new perspective on a match, or a new way to look at how wrestling affects us. I know that we accomplished that, and that's why I can walk away feeling a sense of satisfaction. Last and certainly not least, I'd like to thank my wife, Krista, who has supported me in everything I ever wanted to try, including this podcast. For keeping the house quiet for a couple hours every Wednesday night these past few years, for sharing in my triumphs and telling me to keep at it, even disappointment, and for always asking me, at the end of each Wednesday night, how did the show go? I will answer her one final time tonight. It went well. What will I do now that this product is finished? I will do what I did before. I will continue to watch wrestling, point out the good, the bad, and the indifferent. We'll keep our social media pages open. Our links will always be out there for you to go back and listen to our episodes. I might go back and upload the first two seasons onto YouTube in my spare time. There are some loose ends to tie up. This is a goodbye of sorts, but it's also not. Our voices will be out there forever. You will forever be in our hearts. Who knows what the future holds? We have a ringside seat to history. From the women's wrestling revolution to intergender matches to the LGBTQT community, finally being represented. We spoke about the power and responsibility of social media, online bullying by fans, mental health, suicide, depression, drugs, steroids, happiness, viral clips, and all things in between. The goal, the idea, was so simple. What if two fans got together and talked about independent professional wrestling and did it with honesty and integrity? We did just that, and we did so much more. From Laura, George, and myself, we can only say thank you. And with that, I would like to tell you all, good night, and remember, there was never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thank you all very much. Guys, it's been an honor and a a privilege working with you all. Thank you so much. I love you all. Same here, guys. I love you all, too. Bob. That's it. That's a wrap. That's the end of the show. I need a whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Mr. Coles? Well, I was going to let the Queen Bee go out. It's her thing. But I could get oh. one, too. Well, why don't you? The, well, with that being said, the Dudleys are the greatest tag team of all time. Whoop whoop. Oh, my God. We're not ending the show like that. Laura, give me another one. <laughs> The Road Warriors are the best tag team of all time. (laughs) Thanks, folks. Good night. Goodbye. Best of luck. Happy landings. Cheers. We'll see you. have been listening to live from the armory wrestling show the premier podcast of indie wrestling listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time subscribe to us on itunes 
Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. We're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network. And we're also available on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs>